Well, in this show, Chris D'Elia joins us, brings back his Jean-Claude Van Damme character, and it is hysterical. Also, world-famous attorney and professor and author Alan Dershowitz joins us for some very spirited conversation. News as well. We'll do all that right after this. Hold on to your jingle bells. Pluto TV has all your holiday favorites for free. Enjoy Christmas classics like Scrooge with Bill Murray or Last Holiday with Queen Latifah. Plus, dive into festive channels like holiday movie favorites by Lifetime or Hallmark Movies and more. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming holiday favorites on live channels and on demand. With thousands of free movies and TV shows, Pluto TV is your home for the holidays. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never. Corolla One Studios in Glendale, California. This is the Adam Corolla Show. Adam's guest today, Chris D'Elia and Harvard Law Professor Emeritus Alan Dershowitz. We'll do a round of what would Jean-Claude Van Damme do and the news and trending topics with Chris Loxamana. And now, the front runner for 2023's Employee of the Year. Adam Carolla. Yeah, get it on. Got to get on the church. Gentlemen, Nick, get it on. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for telling the friend. Love that about you. Chris D'Elia is in studio. Hey. Chris has live dates coming up all over the place, and I'll tell you about that in a second. He's got a stand-up special. Very funny. I watched it last night. It's available at com, and it's called Grow or Die, and it's on his own platform, by the way. Oxnard Levity Live, that'll be uh, December 15th and 16th. And then uh, Sacramento Crest Theater coming up January 13th. And then uh, January 18th and 19th, that'll be at the Brea Improv. And you can go to ChrisDelia.com for all the live dates. Good to see you, Chris. Good to see you, man. Good to be back. Uh, Enjoyed the special. Thank you. Uh, It's different. Mm. Starts off talking about being canceled. And... uh, there's a lot of people getting canceled, <laughs> and I'm never sure what exactly everyone gets canceled for. Yeah. Now, I, there's a couple of stratas. There, we all know Harvey Weinstein. Right, 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 right. And then there's Al Franken. Right. On the spectrum of men not be, men behaving badly yeah. would be Weinstein mm, right. at the top, maybe Bill Cosby. Right, right. And then probably Al Franken. Right. At the bottom. Al Franken uh, took a picture like this. Al Franken, to... oh, a female fell asleep on a, a cargo jet. Right, right, right. Doing a USO show. She was wearing a flak jacket. Right, 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 right. And he took a picture, which is pretending to grope her right, breast. Right, right, right. But obviously you can't really grope there it is, through yeah. a flak jacket. And and I, did even really, I don't even know if he was really touching her or not. But anyway. I you, normally you don't touch people who are sleeping right. when you're taking a picture, right? Right. Because then you don't want to wake them up. You don't want to wake the them gag's up. Gag's gone. So she's wearing. A, a, if you really think about it, she's wearing a bra, a t-shirt, a jacket, and a flak jacket. Completely protected, bullet with bu- for bu- by bullets. Actually, right. Yeah. There's yeah, no yeah. no none of Al's cuticles could reach her nipples. Yeah. Um, that was enough. Now, I think that was during the fervor 
of, of it, and everyone was just throwing people. Yeah, 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 uh, there yeah, was yeah. like a gondola that was sinking into the ocean, and, right. and a balloon, and people just kept throwing people yes. off it, right, right, trying to get some altitude, right. So, where do you land between Al Franken Bro, that's and Harvey Weinstein? Jesus Christ, that's the, I think the the pe- people are 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 mad, and then people are either on your side or not on your side, and uh, I think that kind of goes for everything, whether or not you are canceled for you know, telling a joke or something that Al Franken did or anything like that. I just think that, you know, people are either going to believe you or not believe you. Do you feel like you got canceled? Oh, yeah. It yeah, was. Uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of a lot of people will be like, I got canceled. And it's like, no, no, no you didn't. Right. You, 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 did you did you lose anything? Did you? Were you, were you in the news? Well, yeah. The yeah they rules... CGI'd him out of a movie. Yeah. Oh, place yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. That's, that's canceled. Right. That's canceled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's canceled. Y- you have to have a career to be canceled from. Yes, I think a lot right. of people feel like they've got canceled, but canceled from what? They didn't really have the career in place. Yeah. And, and then also, you know, people get, uh, I don't know. I mean, like I, some guys, like who's going through it now? Uh, I mean, there's a ton of guys going through it now. Diddy's going through it now, you know, and then people got mad at Matt Wright for making a joke. It's like there's different levels and different, you know, obviously. But uh, can, can you cancel Diddy? I don't know. He's so he's got a billion dollars. He's yeah. Can you, can you? No, I I think you can incarcerate right, him right. possibly, well, okay. but I don't know done, if you can if cancel done crimes. Him. Yeah, sure, of course, but but uh, but you know, once people come after you, then more people come after you, and more people come after you, and it just becomes this big thing. Or it's like, right. Oh, he he actually killed he actually killed someone when he was you know, and you're like, what? So you got CGI'd out of a yeah. movie, mm-hmm. which is weird. Mm-hmm. And again, my beef with the system as it was employed Mm. is not that we have reprisals against criminals it's that somebody says something and everyone snaps into action of course yeah uh people get dropped by their talent agency people get cgi'd out of movies Mm. people get disinvited to parties yeah and we haven't really vetted anything yet somebody just said something right that's and that's essentially what happened with you yes that's what that's what Yes, that's what happened. And, uh, you know, I talk – look, I, t- I, I have a bit about it on my special. I talk about it and um, that this was the special that I wanted to talk about that in and now I want to just kind of like – you know, now I want to just do like bits that I do, you know. I, but I yeah. guess you, you, you do kind of find out who your friends are. Yeah, and, I mean, and, I, oh, well, you really find out who your friends aren't. I, I think you, you, your enemies become exposed. Yes. It's, it's like, uh, you know, there are, there are people that don't – no, when something happens and things blow up and somebody is in the news, there is the truth somewhere. And right. it's not in the news because the news does what the news does. And, you know, I, you, the people who are close to you know what happened and they're either on your side or too scared. Yeah. I, I, tell me if this rings true to you because I've had a little of this in my life as well. Um, it's one thing to have your people who love you, support you, the people who know you, maybe who know the truth, Mm -hmm. uh, they support you good. And then there's the detractors, just sort of the haters. There's, there's the people that always hated you. Sometimes it's a political thing. It's just this publication is never going to say anything good about you. Right. I get all of that. What I don't like is the rando person 
whose name we know, who maybe you have some relationship with, right. chiming in right. when they don't need to chime in. Like, I was talking shit about school closures or COVID right. or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And I think Christopher Titus, like, chimed okay. in yeah. and threw a shot. And it's like, hey, we're friendly. Right. I've always done well right yeah. by him. Yeah. And nobody was sitting around going, what's <laughs> Titus's take right, on right, this? Right, you know right, what I right. mean? It's like when they just jump into it, throw a jab, and then leave, and you're like, what? Why was that? Yeah, it's a drive-by. I, like, why was that necessary? Yeah, I, I just... Don't because here's the thing. I look. People wanted a. a people either really. It's in my career. People have either thought I was really funny or they fucking hate me. It's never it, this. You know. And now there is a reason, right? If they can put a reason to something, they just go, "Oh yeah, fuck. Okay, I knew it," or whatever the fuck they say. But the, uh, the, this gave a lot of people a chance to be like, "Okay, fuck this guy." And. There are comedians that have said shit, and and when I when I see them now, I I say, hey, you know, I'm not going to act like you didn't do that. You did that, and that that sucks. Right. And and I've said this to people, and and they say often, I didn't do that. Right. And I <laughs> and I'm like, what? Well, yeah, you did. Right. Because I see it, and I actually took the screenshot. Before I came here, because I fucking thought this might happen. Right. And I go, look. Right. And he's like, oh, I don't remember. Right. And I say, well, okay, well, I do, because I wanted to fucking, uh, like, leave, <laughs> you know? I wanted to not be here, and everything like this was like a fucking stab in my face. So Yeah. I mean, I heard about your issues, but I didn't feel compelled to weigh in. Because I was like, I have no idea well, comics are, what yeah, happened. Comics are the, I mean, they're the, they're, it's the worst. They're just like, they just want to, they, 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 everything is first draft comedy now. And they just want to make the first joke immediately. And they don't care. It's just like whatever, they don't care. They're, I, the community, it, it's, it's tough. The community, uh, it was the worst. That was the worst, one of the worst parts to me. Because I was like, oh, I, 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 I guess I thought. Naive, it was naive, but I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I thought people were friends and stuff, you know. But well, but it is what it is. And look, you know, it's not. I'm not coming here saying like I'm a fucking angel, you know. But it's like people are like, oh, inconvenienced. Oh, you, you know, you're inconvenienced, dude. It's not. I was not inconvenienced. Yeah, it was. It was was not that. And the other thing is, is. You think you've built up some goodwill yeah. with yeah. a lot of these people. Yeah. Like you go, I think I've done enough good things for this person, for them not yeah. to try to throw me under the bus yeah. with a lack of information. Yeah. That's the part that kind of it's smart. It's like throwing it under the bus thing. That's that's weird to me. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like when David Allen Greer did that to me on the uh, Howard Stern show, I was like, I invited this guy to every party. I I made roles for him in films I made. Every time there was something came up, I'd go, let's let's see if I got a sitcom pilot. I'd go, mm. let's look at David. Let's mm. have David play my my neighbor. He's just like there was enough stuff socially and professionally yeah. that was all sort of doing right yeah. by him. Yeah. That's the part where you think you built up a little goodwill, you know? I, I just don't understand why I didn't know that happened, but I don't understand why somebody would go on a, a, a public podcast and just trash someone. Yeah, like that. That's that's a weird. That's a weird thing. 
Yeah. I, I, you know, and it's what I guess if comedians all have podcasts. And so comedians are all talking all the time. So it's like, you know, it's just weird. Yeah. But, all right. But you're back. Yeah. Well, back. I mean, I, I don't know. Is it a is it a good thing that you've realized that the system can boot you out of it whenever it wants? And so you need to build your own yeah, scaffolding I mean, and your own system. The good thing is that you can just be your own system. And, right. you know, I'm fortunate enough to where my fans are coming to my shows. And they're, I mean, I, 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 I'm so grateful. They're awesome. And, and, and it's a lot of fun doing what I do. And I just, I just want to make people laugh, dude. I just want to, I just want to figure out how to do an act and make people laugh. And, uh, you know, whereas... Maybe, you know, five years ago, I was like, oh, what, what movie could I do? What this, what, you know, but it's, I, when I think about it, it's like, so I got cut out of that movie and it's like, did I even really have fun doing that movie? It's like, no, you know, right. I, I, a lot of people on the movie were, were great, but it's like, I was in the fucking desert for a month and a half. I canceled a bunch of gigs. I lost money because, I, you know, I was shooting this movie instead of doing Atlantic City. Right. And, and it's just like. What did I want to do that for? To see the movie eventually? I don't know. Well, to hope more people come to see me because I was in a movie where I'm not doing stand up? I, I don't I don't I don't know. So now, you know, I'm fortunate to do stand up and that's who I am. I'm a stand up comedian. It's who I always was. So um I'm 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 happy. And it you know, there's there's good days and there's bad days and it's you know, there's times where I dwell where where I where I think about, oh, like, you know, the hurt and the pain and uh and then there's you know i try to live in a grateful place where i'm with my family and i'm i'm very fortunate and i have the friends that i do have and the people who love me really fucking rock with me now and i understand that you know yeah well i think it's a the new world order i mean in a weird way it's taken place on a few different levels cuz like uh famous attorney and professor alan dershowitz are going to join us later in the show but mm. alan was thrown out of his group too yeah he can't kinda... go to martha's vineyard right. and go to any socials or parties or... Just... he goes to the country store and gets yelled at yeah. by people in martha's vineyard yeah. just because he defended trump right and he doesn't even vote for trump right he was just like look we live in a nation where you get representation right. and he's being accused of something and i'm going to defend him and that was enough to get him tossed out so there's a sort of intellectual academia version of getting tossed out of the club there's a yeah. hollywood social side and that's of it. why people will that's why people will not speak up for you because they're scared of getting thrown out themselves right it, but it's very odd at some point and you tell me i feel like the when the number of people that get tossed out mm-hmm. of the club mm-hmm is greater than the people that are still left in the club then it ends up being a bigger club sure and and yet it it remains and it's a it's it's kind of a funny you know if you just break it down this way i was saying it on the podcast yesterday so you have you know there's a couple of guys like mark Wahlberg or kelsey graham or something they go i support trump right yeah. and then everyone in hollywood goes are you nuts yeah. you, that's suicide that's yeah. suicide yeah. They're, they're all in new york and la but right. Right, if right. one guy's polling at 37%, the other guy's yeah. polling at 53%, right. 
Why is it suicide if the club is yeah, bigger well, outside of the smaller club? But that's the that's that. But that's what it is. It's like you you know whoever puts butts in seats, it, which Wahlberg does. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they're it, people. Look, nobody cares except for the money. Like right. they just if you're making money, they don't yes. give a shit. Like you get all these corporations that are like, oh yeah, we're for this, and it's like. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're not. Yeah. And and I guess I guess people in Hollywood, I they either believe that that they they are for that or they just go along. I think most of them are just like going along with it or like, hey, if it doesn't hurt my pockets, okay. But it's yes. just not. You know, it's not. It's just not true. I, I I know I know these people in Hollywood. I know what they're like. I know right. that they don't stand for this or that. And I know they're lying. I know that. Right. Yeah, so 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 for them to be like, oh, there's this, and I stand for this, and I, I got to pretend that? I'm not going to. Right. I'll just no, stay I out agree. of it. I won't say you do or you don't. I'm just like, you know. Well, look, it's a pretty – to me, it's always a simple equation. Like if you think, well, Adam, what are your interests? I go, well, I like old race right. cars, right. and uh, I hate red turn arrows, and right. uh, I hate – Garbage thrown everywhere in L.A. and graffiti and right. how shitty the freeways look in the potholes yeah. or whatever. And they go, okay. But that's something I've been talking about for 30 years. Of course. Then you take these companies like Dove, yeah. and now they're into the transgender movement? Right. Now. How come I've never heard a right. word from any of you senators, yeah. Dove, corporations, Hollywood high rollers, any of Never heard word one about the transgender movement. It's right. been around for a while. Not a peep out of you guys. Now all of a sudden it's job one. Yes. Makes me think you're not really that it's interested they in it. don't care, yeah. Right. And whatever the next cause du jour is yeah, that's coming around It'll the corner, else, you'll yeah. be into that. Yeah. Right. All of a sudden... All of a sudden, you're huge fans of Ukraine. Right. You've right. never heard of Ukraine. You've right. never brought up right. Ukraine. You can't find it on a map. But all of a sudden, you know now. Yeah. And also, they don't – like, people are always like, well, that this isn't the truth. That isn't the truth. This – you don't know. You don't know the real issue. Dude, there's – I don't – how about this? I don't know, dude. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on in the Ukraine. So it's okay for me to not talk about it right. and not know. Right. right. I don't yes. have to be like, ah, oh, well, you know, to be pushed and be like, yeah, oh, I, OK, that sounds good. And with not the information, with, you don't have the information you don't know. Yes. And you think and like, you know, take any star, whoever you think they know. No. You think Jessica Chastain knows. <laughs> no. You think she knows what the fuck is going on in Ukraine? She has no fucking idea. No. And neither do I. And right. then they say, well, silence is violence. Say right. something. And it's like, all right, well, I can't win then. Right, I, I, dude. I just want to get on stage and talk about the fucking b- bullshit I did in my day. Yes, silence is violence. By the way, is nonsense. It's hilarious. Like it doesn't even make sense. I do a bit about it on stage now, but it's just like it's just like, dude. It's so it's so it's so wild. You can get into trouble now by not saying anything. Yes. When, when did that start happening? Uh two thousand. Well, it look. There's. It, it, there's a purge that's essentially going on, and purge starts off easy. You find out the ones who are loud and say stupid shit, of and course, you purge yeah. them. At a certain point, you run out of those people, mm. and now you have to find silence is violence yeah. people, yeah. but you keep the purge remains. People need a bad guy. You need a bad guy because these people online, they don't they're – not, they're not heroes in their lives. Right. They're, they're in their house. They're in their job. They right. work for somebody, 
and they get told what to do. And online, you can be a hero. You just need a fucking bad guy. Right, right. No, it's it's interesting. They live in a in a world with a schedule and a boss and a manager and quotas and paperwork and stuff like that. And then they get home, have a little Chardonnay, and now they get to become some sort of alternative universe fantasy hero. I, I, and I get it too. I was watching I was watching Squid Game, the fucking reality show that they made. The, the they made a game show of it, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sitting there listening to these people, you know, the talking heads, they'll interview them and they're like, when I, well, when I was a kid, this happened and, you know, my family and we were refugees and this and that or whatever. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, wow, that's, that's really rough. I really feel for this person. And then I think, I don't fucking know this person at all. What if they're making the whole fucking thing up? Yes. How the fuck do I know what's the truth? <laughs> right? Like some guys like my mom never, you know, uh, did this. But because right. he says it. I know that now. Right. Well, well, let me talk to his mom. Sure. No, listen. And and by the way, you know where this thing, it's all skewing toward the, it's like every third celebrity slept in their car back in the day because they exactly. were that poor. I it's like, that that's, that's statistically yeah. possible. One third of celebrities slept in their, lived out of their car. Yeah. And then they always do this thing where it's like, well... They down round, I call it. They always go, we were, we were middle class, like sort of yeah. lower middle class. Like, man, my dad ran Nabisco for a few decades, <laughs> but we were very average, very yeah, 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 average, yeah, yeah. you know? And, and it's like, why are you painting this picture and how much of this should I they want believe? to be, they want to be a hero. They want to say, I came from nothing and now look at me and look what you can do. And I want to be inspiring. Well, why, well, of course they want to be inspiring. It's weird, bro. It's fucking weird. I get it and I don't get it, you know? Yeah. All right. Uh, now we have some, uh, we're going to do some Jean-Claude Van Damme, which I just fell in love with when you did it on this show several years ago. It's a weird thing. You know, because I'll watch your stand-up special yeah. and I want to go do some Sean Claude, <laughs> and then I realize he doesn't need to, and the audience it, is not going to know what the fuck he's talking about. It, it, I think it's a good thing for the, this podcast, but yeah. it, it, but it also, I don't know if you do other. I know you do voices and yeah. sounds and and your three year old and all that stuff, but I don't know that you do impersonations per se. I mean, I, I, I. People often say – because I'll do them on my podcast. I'll do an impression to somebody and they'll be like, you should do impressions. And it's like I I appreciate people who do impressions. But like I don't – I feel like there are people who do that so well. Yes. And I'm – I kind of do some bad ones and I, may, I try to make them funny. Like I don't know if I stood right next to Jean-Claude Van Damme if I would actually be sounding just like him. But to me, it's funny. And it's silly, and I sound enough like him to make it a joke, you know. And and so I I uh, I do it for like podcasts and shit. But I don't. I feel like on stand up, I'd rather just do stand up. But yeah, I, I don't know. Didn't didn't you do an impression of Eminem? I did. Yeah. So it? yeah, there's then, an example. It's like I just did it kind of online. I was in my driveway and I just started oh, doing it. It went viral, and it went super viral. <laughs> right. And and you know, I suppose I could go on stage and do that and like. Probably make some money, but it's just like not what I want to do. I, yeah. I'd rather just do stand up and then the online stuff, and then and then stuff will happen that's surprising. Like, I mean, I'm asked me to be in the music video and play him, so I was like, well, shit, that's awesome. Yeah, I'll do that. You know? Yeah, it is interesting. The stuff as a comedian that you kind of know works, but you just don't really want to do it, and it's a weird. I 
I, for the first time in years on the road uh, last weekend, I did uh, Rich Man, Poor Man, which I never, ever yeah. do. It's just rich people and poor right, people. Right, 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 right. A bit. But the thing that was funny that I was thinking back on is years ago, Jerry Seinfeld came up to me in a parking lot of, uh-huh. of like NBC, and he just walked right up to me, and he goes, that rich man, poor man bit. That's your bit. Like that's yeah, your yeah. signature bit. That's right. that get is her funny. Right. That's your get her done. Like that's when. Yeah. It, that's what you yeah. write a book. You're going to do a rich man, poor <laughs> right. man book. You're going to get paid. That's going to be your thing. Right. It's a funny, funny bit. You should do it. And I was like, thank you. And then never did it. Like I did it twice or every yeah. other time. And I, but I do realize he's correct. He's right. Yeah. And but, then and then right. and then people go, well, then do it. And yeah. I go, I, I'm not. And by the way, this is not me being an artist. This no. is me just going. I, don't, you're, I just don't feel like it, or something. You're not. Well, you're. You're not. You're op- very obviously, and it's why I like you. It's why people, I think, gravitate towards you is because you're just you're authentic, and you want to do what you do. You you don't want to. You're not chasing this thing. Yeah, but know? it's not. Seinfeld's bit. It's my bit. Like, I thought of the bit. I know. I, I just know. don't well, want to. Yeah. I don't want to do but the I, same I, bit every I night a, or I something. I have a bit that I do now. Look, I don't. I don't. I, I'm a comedian. I don't like, like jokes. Mm-hmm. I don't like jokes. I don't like jokes with a punchline. There are comedians that do that that are fantastic. It's not my thing. There is one part in my act now that I'm working on that is a joke. And it gets a big laugh, and every time I do it, I think, I don't love that. Right. <laughs> and it's just – and it's not that it's not funny. It's just that it's not really my style. I thought of it. Right. It. I understand it's funny and why it's funny, but every time I do it, I think – and it's not really my thing, but I'm going to do it because I know I know it's the obvious thing to do, and it's going to get a laugh. And every time I do it, I think about it when I'm on stage. Yes, and I'm and 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 if I had a whole act of that shit, I would be having zero fun. Yeah, I think there is there's a balance, I guess, is what I'm saying, and a sort of getting over certain things like i used to be very adamant where someone would tell me oh here's a funny joke or a punch up or something i'd go that is funny but i didn't think of it so i can't Uh, yeah yeah yeah, do it and it was like a stickler with everything right and then at some point you realize it's a business and this this is how it works and Mm -hmm. chris rock has writers you know you know i mean like it's it's a business and uh i was in sacramento and in my opener between the shows he was like i got a tag for for this bit you right. do. I mean, another tag. And I was like, oh, all right. Yeah. And it was like, it was, it was like a little bit hacky, but I got that the audience would laugh at it pretty yeah, hard. So right. I go, I'll try it. Mm-hmm. I do the whole bit, do do the punch up, huge laugh. Yeah. <laughs> and then at a certain point, I think to myself, look, I'm not in it. I'm, I'm in it to have artistic integrity but mm. i'm not here just to beat off on stage right like if that audience gets a big laugh to that tag then fuck it mm. i'm doing that tag mm. and and i did and i think i think 10 years ago i would have went no nah, no nah, I, mm. I can't yeah. thanks it's funny but that's not mine right i can't do it mm. yeah i mean mm, that's interesting because you do want you i mean look uh, you know i you do want the audience to have a good time it's not like you 
you know, you don't have a chip on your shoulder and be like, nah, that's a fucking stupid thing because I decided. Right. They don't get to hear that. And right. it's like they love it. Right. You know? And it's not like you're sitting here doing the fucking yeah, I mean, you do a 20-minute bit that you don't want to do anymore and people love you for it. It's like uh, you don't want to do it anymore. You don't want to do it anymore. But, you know, also as an artist, you want to keep kind of like proving it to yourself. At least I do. I want to keep proving to myself I can do it. Like every time I do a special or, or and I, I, I do not do my – like that special came out uh, two weeks ago and I had another show the next day, uh, week mm-hmm. and I had 30 new minutes of material. I was like, so I guess I'll do 30 new minutes and then 30 minutes of the stuff from the special because right. yeah, that's good to have. I figured 30 new minutes. They know the special just came out. It'd be good. I I was on stage. I did the 30 minutes and then I, I'm like, I, I, in my head, I'm like, I got to do the old stuff now. And I'm like, and I said, and I was like, yo, guys, I, I, I know some of you have seen the special and I have like. I can do some of that stuff, but like I really don't want to. So if like you bear with me, I'll like tell you some funny stories about what's been going on. And they were like, "Okay, do it," and I did it. And now I have all new material. So if if you and and, and that feels good, that feels very good for me. Mm-hmm. And as long as people are laughing, having a good time, which they were, and we're figuring out this bit all together in this room, then that's that's to me best of both worlds. You know, agree. All right, so we need to take a break. Um, I want to make sure that people are going to your website. And how does how does it work? Just it's, go- it's actually really easy. It's crystalia dot com. Uh, just go to crystalia dot com, or you can just uh, and and then you, there's a big picture on my website uh, that says Grow or Die. Click it, and it's one click. It's crazy. It's got Apple Pay. It's wild, actually. It's it's wild how you can do it. I was like when I when I was gonna come when I was gonna do this, I was like, should we do this or what or I don't know. And I'm so happy I did it. I mean, more comics should do this, by the way. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, circling back to, um, you know, one door closes, another one yeah. opens, or whatever it is. You know, I I have this kind of saying of like change. People fear change. They fight change. Yeah. You know, they don't want change. They don't right. want to move. You know, it starts off when you're 14 and your dad gets a job in Arizona. Right. And he goes, we're moving to Tucson. Right. And you go, no, no, I have yeah. all my friends in yeah. North Hollywood. You know what I mean? And then and then at some point, when that kid becomes an adult. And then you talk to them and said, oh, it's a good thing we yeah. moved to Phoenix because right. that's where I met my future wife or, right. you know, whatever the thing is. And you, jobs. No one wants to get fired from a job. Right. No one wants to contract and we instinctively fight change as human beings. Mm. We just fight change. But when we get it, it's it's always a good thing, but it's not immediately a good thing. Right. Your first day in a new town, in a new school, in a new yeah. kid is never good. Right. But contact that kid a year from then is probably good. Right. So that's kind of how change mm. works. And so losing your job or being canceled right. or being having Netflix turn yeah, their yeah. back on you or whatever it is, you go, oh, shit. But then some time goes by and now you go, oh, I'm going to platform it myself. Yeah. And that's where the change yeah. comes. And I think many, many performers have gone through this in yeah. the last few years. Oh, God. And I know them all now at this point, too. I know. It's which been, is hilarious. There's an encounter group for yeah, guys who got canceled. Yeah. And, you know, it's a it's a good thing, and it's kind of weird. I always say to someone, I, I'm going on 15 years of this podcast, and wow. people will say to me, 
wow, did you know what was going on before it started going on? And I go, nah, I was just doing my own podcast. And then I, now I go, well, maybe I had an inkling mm, mm. that I'd just be better right, right, as right. a sort of autonomous right. being versus yeah, in true. a system. Yeah, true. You were ahead of that. I always knew I wasn't going to fit into the system. Mm. I just knew – I knew I could fake it for a, a, a season or two on a show or two. But I, I, I knew – I wasn't that person. I huh. always knew I wasn't that person, which is... Uh, That's valuable to know that shit. Oh, no. It, listen. When I was like 28, I had a roommate, and his mom loved him very much. Okay. And then there was me. And my mom wasn't a fan. Okay. And neither was my dad. But his parents were big fans of his. Okay. And his mindset from growing up in that environment is like, I'm going to be a leading man in Hollywood. And my mindset was nobody's going to hire you for anything. You better forge your own path. Wow. You have to create your own stuff, meaning you're not playing in this pickup hoops game unless you bring the ball and the Gatorade. Mm. You're not just going to get picked. Hmm. And I had that in my head because my parents put that in my head. Not mm. not intentionally, yeah, just through their actions yeah. or lack thereof. Right. So I was always like, I got to make my own way because nobody's just going to look at you and go, "You need to be part of what we're huh. doing over here." And it, you know, it it'll serve you well. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I you know, uh, self esteem is good. Too much <laughs> can be detrimental. Yeah. That's all I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. All right, we'll come back. We'll uh, do a little Jean Jean Claude Van Damme, I'll and go we'll get do him. that right after this. Oh, oh, O'Reilly Auto Parts. Well, they have a holiday gift guide, and it's here. So, if you're struggling with gift ideas, they have something for everyone with gifts starting at under ten bucks. They've got deals for the mechanic on your list, and you can save on work lights, tools, and more. And help those who like to help themselves choose from great gift ideas to help someone make their car look its best inside and out and save on cleaning supplies like washing and drying claws, floor mats, steering wheel covers, seat covers. It's all there. The holiday gift guide also has the emergency supplies you need for your loved ones to stay safe. Save now on tire inflators and super start 12-foot jumper cables. The professional parts people will help you pick out the perfect gift for that hard-to-buy-for person on your list this year. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts or shoporeillyauto.com. Let me tell you about Angie Homeowners. You know, it's a lot of work to own a home. Whether it's uh, everyday maintenance, repairs, or dream projects, it can be hard to even know where to start. All you need is Angie. Your home for everything home. Find a skilled local pro who will deliver quality and experience. Over 20 years of home service experience. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie handles the rest. Look, you're busy. You don't have time to do all this stuff. Let Angie handle it. Take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit online. Visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. A-N-G-I dot com. That's Angie. Let them do all the heavy lifting. 
I love being a dad. It's amazing. One of the funniest parts about being a dad is uh, sometimes he'll ask me questions that I know the answers to, but I haven't thought about those answers for 40 years. And he said, this is what he says. He says, what is poop? (laughs) Right? Fair enough. Fair question. But then the first thing I thought of is like, man, I can't believe it's taken him two and a half years to ask this very important question, you know? Like, there's stinky stuff coming out of his backside, and he's just cool with it for that long? To think for two and a half years, he's just been like, uh, you know what, I'll get to that later. Like I. But then I immediately thought, you know what, the reason why he hasn't asked me that question yet is because for two and a half years, he didn't even know how to ask that question. Like, he didn't have the brain power, which is even worse, you know? To be, for two and a half years, just dealing with it, <laughs> every day, multiple times a day, you just be like, ah, ah, I can't wait to have the wherewithal to ask about this mess. Chris D'Elia is on the Adam Carolla Show. Chris's stool slid down to the bottom, but he may have to get on his feet for some uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. The special, grow or die, just go to uh, ChrisDelia.com. Also, uh, tour dates as well, and support him. It's the new world order. People need to be able to live out of the system. And by the way, it's how the system changes, because the system, uh, Bud Light went from Dylan Mulvaney to Dana White. Oh, really? Yes. Bud Light. Yeah. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Tried yeah. to yeah. advertise they went back to the UFC. with the Heishi. Yeah. That cost them a couple billion, and now they went over to the UFC. It forces correction. Right, right. Like, it forces the... Now, listen, to be fair, Bud Light doesn't give a shit about the trans community. That's that's right. that's to your earlier yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. This is 10 minutes. Bud Light's been around for Budweiser's been around for 150 years. It's the first time I've ever heard them talk about the trans course, yeah. community, but they correct course. Disney right. will correct course. All the companies that are all right. doing all the canceling and all the whatever will correct course. I think course. it's already kind of heading that way. Oh, I mean, it Louis is. CK, mm-hmm. Shane Gillis is mm-hmm. killing it. Yes. Like, I mean, yeah. Yep. People are going out to those shows. That's that's how it well, corrects. I think want to laugh when it comes to comedy but yeah yeah, yeah. and 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 the companies want money right. and then they realize well it's easy to cancel shane gillis but if he's bringing in yeah. viewers then right. we'll let him back in gotcha all right so what do we got chris we have clips we do but let's let's hear the intro first oh we have an in intro. a world of madness morality and martial arts it can be tough to find your path now we trust in a greater power. JCVD. What would Jean-Claude Van Damme do? Jean-Claude Van Damme feels like it's a hoax. This is WWJCVDD. <laughs> what would Jean-Claude Van Damme do? Right. Yeah, I mean, he's the, he's the ultimate warrior, especially with conflict mediation. He, he solves a lot of problems in all of his movies. Listen, I don't know if you remember Time Cop, but he did the splits in a kitchen. In the kitchen. <laughs> between two countertops. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is right. I did do that, and um, I don't know. I can probably still do that. You can. <laughs> I can probably, probably still do that. Yeah. Time, Time Cop was one of these movies, like, 2012, where the the movie 2012 was made in 2010, <laughs> and that's like Earth becomes we, flooded when the full. It's like you do understand we're talking about 16 months. I would from say now, I, Time Cop was like filmed in '93, about, about the year 1999, and it is pretty impressive how 
bang on we are. <laughs> no, no, you're way off. We got with the uh, cars and um You did get the electric car. Son of a bitch. Uh the turmoil in the world. Well, there's always been turmoil in the but world. There is more turmoil now than there was. But you were talking about time travel. Like we would have that by the year 1999. Well, the turmoil we got back. You on. got turmoil and you got golf carts. Eh, we got golf carts. But but the big thing was the time travel, Jean. Right? But you don't know if time travel exists or not because we could be among people who are from the future, but they just don't tell us. Oh. And that creates so much turmoil. (laughs) And also, in time travel things, they... What year was that movie supposed to take place? 94, and then they went to 2004. I remember we shot that in 10 years. (laughs) 2004? I I didn't have a smartphone (laughs) in 2004. You guys had time travel? They they wanted to go later, but I said no. Because uh, we wanted it to seem like a very soon future, so people would flock to the theaters. Oh, you didn't want to get too far out. It in the was future. too abstract for people. They wanted to do the year four thousand something, mm-hmm. and I was just like, "No, we need people to understand that it was going to be uh, very, very soon in the future." Ten years. Ten years. I wanted personally to do six weeks, but they <laughs> wanted. They said that was too early, and by the time the shoot wrapped, it would have probably been in the past. To be honest. Oh yeah, because you wrapped the shoot. We would have you go ahead six weeks, but you're still in post. We would have uh, been yes. We would have really had to be really bang on with that. So, and also just to be fair to you, John, in those movies where they time travel back to two thousand and four. Yes. Uh, or 1844, then they do have time travel in that era, if you think about right. it. Right. Even if you go back to Western days, you go, well, there's no time travel in Western days. But if you travel back in time to Western days, right. then the people that are there at the OK Corral are experiencing time travel. Right. Yeah. You could tell them the information and they can build time machines. So basically, if time travel ever would exist, it has existed. What year would you go back to? I mean, the eighties and nineties were pretty strong. For I Sean. would probably go back. Probably go back to nineteen ninety four. There are mis- there are some things I would do uh, different for Time Cop, <laughs> uh, and I would remake that movie to be very very bang on. So, uh, Jean Claude, I'm going to open this up beyond Time Cop. Son of a bitch! Just uh, time you'd like to go back to. Maybe it was you know for me ninety two. Here's the time. Here's the best time in this okay. country for me. Okay. okay. This would be like about 1977s. The, I would call it the best era in this country was mid-Coke pre-AIDS. Cocaine was good for you. And not and AIDS didn't exist. Right. That's the best time to be an adult in this country. I was younger. I was, uh, I don't know how old I was. I forget what year I was born, but... Um, it would be so nice to drink Coke and not get, die of HIV, but I... Mm-hmm. You know, no, no, cocaine. Oh, son of a bitch. Yeah, the drug. Snort, you're talking about. Yeah, you uh, could freebase, I to guess. To drink yeah. Coca-Cola and to snort Coke... Um, well, Coca-Cola is very bad for you, to be honest. I yeah, not, uh, and I'm not talking about cocaine, the drug, right. not snorting a soda. It's either diet or not... Or regular, regular gives you cancer. Oh, no, regular gives you diabetes, and uh-huh. um, diet gives you cancer. Diet Coke. So yeah. before choose your poison. Yes. So um, 
And then if you could get HIV mm -hmm. back in 1981. That's yeah. why in 1994, we pretty much figured it out. I would be redoing Time Cop. That's, I'm still sticking with 77. You know, cocaine's good for you. AIDS doesn't exist. It's, a, it's an orgy. It's a moving orgy is basically what it is. One time I had my bodyguard um, get uh, have sex with my wife. Oh, really? Yes. Uh-huh. Were you in the room? Toronto. Um, I was in the room, yes, sitting still. Uh-huh. Uh, people say that cuck, mm -hmm. I uh, would like credit for that. Oh, oh you, you think you invented? Son pioneered of a bitch. That. You pioneered that. I was number one cuck. Oh, really? A son of a bitch. Yeah. I was. We would and that was a Canuck cuck, because you're in Canada. I was mm. in Toronto, uh, and I told... <laughs> My body. Well, what year was this? Uh, 1994. Oh, wow. I, yes. So I would go back to 1994 mm -hmm. to film Time Cop right around the time mm -hmm. I could watch my bodyguard fuck my wife. Mm. I'm not with her anymore. Oh, so you can speak freely. Right. And uh, I, he died. Oh, being because a bodyguard. he threw a crescent kick to his temple. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. But it was, um, I would like credit for cuck. All right, I'll give it to you. I mean, I, I don't know what the, what the Urban Dictionary has to say. The Urban Dictionary must have a credit for cuck. I don't think they, they would credit. It's not John Claude Van Damme. Well, it's cuckold. Yes. Which, I don't know, goes back to the biblical times or something. Mm -hmm. we, but it was for me, it was a revamping of it. So I would like the credit for the urban kind of... Yeah, know. that's what I'm saying. Right, right. You, you, so you want to go back to 94 to not only improve Time Cop... Oh my God! Yes, but to watch your wife and then to watch yes, because I would there. I I could make Time Cop better and I could probably do that better too. I could have uh, have I could have had more you know instructions for them or whatever. Mm -hmm. Maybe filmed it, you know. Yes, yes. All right. Yeah, we 90, didn't have iPhones back then. <laughs> <laughs> no, ninety four. I would have had to hire a uh, film crew. The beginning something. of ninety four was horrible for me. And then the end was great. I met Jimmy Kimmel in the middle of 94. Mm. And so from the middle on, it just oh. kept getting better. But from the beginning part, that was the 94 earthquake. And that's where all the problems started. So I, was well, at, I, I don't think we should encourage Jean-Claude Van Damme to go back to 94 because of the butterfly effect. It could have changed your whole path. Oh, if he does that's true. Yeah. But you could have fun with me in uh, Toronto. Oh, which, yeah. You know. Yeah, your wife's a beautiful woman. She was a beautiful woman. All right, do we have uh, some vids for Jean-Claude to kind of Right, yeah, so we just us? want to get your take on, on a couple of situations that we've seen online. We've okay. played some videos on this show even, and just uh, to see if there was something you would have done differently okay. to appease or to, to help the situation here. So um, the other day, Adam played a clip of these two girls in Poland. Oh, it was Poland. Yeah, and, Makes um, sense. and as there. a prank, one friend decided to push her other friend uh, onto the street while a bus was driving by. Very close to. She bumps her. Oh my god! Goes out, almost gets She's run okay. over by the back tire. I don't gets know right how she up, didn't. And then they they embrace. They embr well, she gets embraced <laughs> and, mo and move on. Yeah. Yes, and they move on. So the rest of the story goes that the bus driver actually stopped, got out of the bus. Mm -hmm. um, the the pusher, the girl who pushed, was fined and was even uh, considered for prison. I don't think she was sentenced, but. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so mm. Jean-Claude, it's if Did you, you This is in Poland? Yeah. Did you hear about the Polish terrorists who tried to blow up the bus? He burnt his lips on the exhaust pipe. <laughs> <laughs> Heard that in eighth grade and it stuck. Chris hates jokes. <laughs> They're good for now, but I. Um, that is uh, right there. A uh, very friendly thing to do in Poland. Oh, oh yes. yes, that's a cultural thing. It is uh, the reason why they were. Uh, she was. Um, they might arrest her, right? Mm-hmm. It's because of um, woke. They uh, it got online and mm. then the pressure was to mm. say this is illegal. But in Poland, I have been there many times. Mm. Um, that is a, hi. How you doing? That's a greeting. That is basically I haven't seen you in so long. Oh my God, where's the bus? Put them in the tire. Wow. The reason why the bus driver got out is uh, to laugh with them. Oh, oh. It's, so it's a common greeting. Yes. So it's just a cultural thing. That is yeah. a cultural thing. So what would have I done mm. if that were to happen to me? I would have got up and I would have hugged that person and been like, I am so happy to see you. Mm. And also, thank God I did not get run over. You, you would have hugged the person? I would have hugged the person with uh, two hands just around. Oh, the back. hug. Yes. Hug. Hug. Well, what yeah. do you call those fur-lined boots? Uh, oh, Uggs. And then what do you call embracing somebody? Uh, to take the two ends and to hug them. And the boots are called what? Uggs. And, and then the embrace is called? Uggs. If you wanted oh, okay. to embrace the boots, what would you be doing? <laughs> Ugg the Uggs. Oh. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. So this is nothing more than a cultural greeting. That's great. Mm. I do that every time I go to Poland. I We go into traffic. I meet. Mm-hmm. I see all my friends. <laughs> I throw them into the mm. tires. Uh, we laugh. Just... We laugh. It's so funny. See, that's why we have you in here right. because we didn't I'm have very that cultural. We didn't have that perspective. Well, you're a world traveler. I've been to Poland. Oh my God, I would say two hundred and fifty times. You're the muscles from Brussels. Yes, I've been there. All right, what else? Well, yeah, we, we're not we're not as cultured, Adam. No, no, you're not. Um, all right, well let's let's go to a. Uh, this is a a confrontation or a conflict on a Spirit Airlines flight. So a guy mm. was having trouble getting out into the aisle because he had the middle seat and the guy in the aisle seat's like hey i we don't need to go yet i'm packing up my ipad packing up my headphones the line's still all the way in the back Mm -hmm. and uh they kind of get into it okay yeah so the one guy wants to get out but the other guy's like i'm packing my shit up oh my steps over and puts his ass in his face i love watching that stuff another the threatening each this other. This reminds me of my wife and the bodyguard. Mm, yeah, it's a cuck vid. So if you were trying to get out into the aisle, JCVD, what would the move be? What um, is that, first of all? Why are there so many seats on that plane? Yeah, Spirit Airlines. <laughs> it's it's you, commercial. You, you fly commercial. Yeah, you, uh, you fly private. Airplane has uh, six or seven seats in there. And a bed, the ones you fly yes, in. Yes, the, and the shower. Have, do, oh, in a shower. What is all of... This is a bus. Well, it's called Airbus, Jean-Claude, but it goes in the air. And they have a lot... Spirit Airline, ever hear of it? No. Okay. Southwest, ever hear of it? Like you're talking about uh, Los Angeles? No, no. I'm, I'm talking about the airline. No. No. Okay. So that's the point. You fly privately. You don't I know what... I let people know. You don't... No, no, I don't. I don't mean covertly. I mean you. You fly. I understand. There's a language barrier. I don't hide when I am flying. 
You don't hide. I, no, I'm saying when I say fly privately, yes. I don't mean wearing sunglasses and a ball cap. Pulled I am wearing sunglasses and a ball cap when okay, I fly. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm confusing this conversation. But you fly uh, non-commercially. Right. In, in privately owned Yes. Jets, okay. Right. Other people agree. Like us. Yes. We have to sit in big airplanes with lots of seats, so the air, so the airline can make money. My my. Mm-hmm. So then, when you take all these people and you put them so close together, right? Sometimes tempers flare. Mm. Mm-hmm. How about if? Um, well, you know what? With this situation, yeah. Um, you could uh, first of all uh, grab on the top, right, of the mm-hmm. of the ceiling of the what do you say, uh, baggage commercial airline? Yeah, commercial. Grab the top of the commercial airline, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then pull your knees up real tight, up to your chin, mm-hmm. smash him in the face coming down, and mm. that is when you go over to the aisle of the commercial airline, mm-hmm. and then he is um, rendered unconscious, mm-hmm. and then you walk off. Mm-hmm. And that is just a basic thing you can do to get out of the situation that's sticky right there. Just not everybody is as fit as flexible, you are. right? Flexible. But the thing is, I don't know much about flying with a bus. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, when you take Jean-Claude Van Damme in a situation like that, I can uh, only tell you my world and what I know. You ever fly on Jeffrey Epstein's plane? Ah, yes. Okay. Everyone yes. magically flew. Everyone who admits to flying on the plane now is always, I was there with my wife and kids. I no, was there. No. We're going somewhere else. Uh, we don't no, go to the islands. Yeah. Not me. I brought my wife and my bodyguard. Oh, no. It was so fun. Oh, my Wait, God. Wait, what year was that? 94. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. No wonder you want to go back this to 94. Year, I am telling you, was the most fucking amazing year. <laughs> wow. God, I wish I could go back to 1994. So practically the problem with, okay, first off, we need yes. to go sequentially when we're getting off the airplane. I agree. Now, there's a bigger issue here, okay. what I've said to it many times. The guy who got off was a brother with a shaved head. The guy he had a beef with was wearing a trucker's cap with Oakley sunglasses on top. Uh, yeah. That, bill. that is a signal as a Trump <laughs> voter. Yeah. Nobody I've said it many times. You're you're basically that is a a dog whistle to the other side. Totally. Spirit Airlines gonna have a lot of Biden supporters on it. You get on Spirit Airline wearing a trucker hat with upside down Oakley blades on it. You are saying to and you're reading your field and stream or your guns and ammo <laughs> magazine. He, camo. Yeah. he knows you're a Trump supporter. Yeah, so target. he you're already on this guy's last nerve, right? <laughs> then when the beef starts like if this guy was a brother wearing a do-rag or something like that this beef may not have happened he Mm. is signaled and i would argue just like if you're going to a raiders game don't wear baltimore ravens jersey and you go that's my team and i'm going i'm looking out for your own safety right if you're flying spirit airline don't wear the oakley blades on the trucker's cap you're you're gonna have a target it's the bat signal for the trumps right we know that's maga country shit right don't take it off Put put a, put a beanie on or do whatever, but don't put the put the sunglass put the sunglasses in the backpack. Right. Okay. So this guy was already on this guy's last nerve. 
But you have to get off sequentially because otherwise the guy on the aisle just sits there with the other guy's ass in his face. Mm-hmm. The entire time. Mm. That's the problem. Yeah, you have to get up just standing and there. leave a space. But also, what the brother experiences is what I experienced, which is climbs over the guy, stands in the aisle, and now stand. He's going to stand there for twenty minutes because we're not going. We're not going anywhere. Totally. And I experienced this on the road. Like you ever do that move where someone's driving twenty two <laughs> miles an hour and you flick, yeah. do the high beams. You go fuck you, and you go around the guy and you speed, and then you miss the signal, and then you sit there, <laughs> and then the guy creeps up right yeah, next yeah, yeah, to you, yeah, yeah, and you yeah, have yeah. to pretend like you don't notice he's yeah. there. And by the way, then they go, "Oh, Adam Carolla." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's do one more okay. for for Jean. Jean Claude. All right, so here there's a there's a guy at a mall. Okay. He's walking his dog. Okay. Big, I think it's a golden retriever, and his dog um, has to go up the escalator. He gets nervous. Okay. He won't go up. So. Oh, the dog doesn't. The dog like doesn't want to go up. So he picks him up. Yeah, picks him up. Mm-hmm. Hangs on to him. Hangs on him. Mm-hmm. And just carries him up the escalator. Mm-hmm. A lot of people love love this technique. They say it's very wholesome. Well, they they like the dog. It's a sweet dog, like and the, the dog, dog looks like he's hugging him. Is that the right move, JCVD, to just lift a huge golden retriever? Where I'm from, um, dogs uh, have never been upstairs. Uh, there's no upstairs for a dog. Uh, but I have done this with um, other – I have – I've done this with other animals, mm. but not a dog. Mm. And um, this is one thing weird about this. Mm. Uh, you're not thinking about this, but the dog's uh, dick and balls are all over yes. his Yes, uh, that's what stuff. I was saying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that is where I am from. Uh, yeah. He's using this that guy's. That's illegal. He's huh? using he this guy's for dogs, shirt like a moist towelette. Yes, he's wiping his ass and balls and dick on it. He's probably scared, so there's a little pee coming out. And mm. also, the man's hands probably have some poop on there because yes. he's holding his anus. I like right? this policy of where you're from. Dogs never come upstairs. No, <laughs> I like that because if you think about it. Upstairs is where the master bedroom is. And yeah. the, master. the dog doesn't need to sleep doesn't on the bed. The dog should be downstairs. The food's downstairs. And any pot- potential intruders are downstairs. Right. And that's where the dog bed should be. Yeah. I like th- that cultural policy. Is that a Brussels thing? It's a Brussels thing. And um, that is how we like it. No dogs have ever been upstairs. No dogs or women upstairs. Oh, or women. Oh, women. Yes. <laughs> Whoa. Yes. Now... Now we're really talking. No dogs or women. <laughs> yes. Mm. Uh, upstairs is for the men uh-huh. and oars. The ho- a, ho- a, or- a horse. Man and horse. Wait. Uh-huh. Not for wives. Uh-huh. An horse. Well, a horse. Is that horse a or horse? Horse? Oars. 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 Like for propelling a canoe? <laughs> no. Whores. Men. Whores. Whores? Yes. Prostitutes. Prostitutes, yes. Ah. Yeah. Ah, ah. So no female. No. No. No women, wives. No, no wives. Ladies. No ladies. No ladies. Right, right. For upstairs. Mm-hmm. No dogs and ladies. Mm-hmm. Upstairs, men and oars. So 
You're paying. How would you pronounce the, the paddle that the crew team uses on Harvard? Oars. Okay, and then what about a prostitute? Oars. And then what about famous director Orson Welles? Orson Welles. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm just wanting to be consistent. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> all right. And then what about Mork from Ork? Mork from Ork? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, I just want to – I'm looking for clarity. There That's all. All it's right. very nuanced. It's very nuanced. Yes. yes. Nobody, when I talk about all those four people and things, it, nobody from where I'm from would say, which one are you talking about? They know. They, they know you're talking about process. No oars upstairs. They know I am not talking about rowing. Right. Yes. Yeah. No, uh, stupid. Yeah, we right. can't right. hear it. but Out of context. Right. Yeah. Right. So no oars yeah. upstairs. And put the oars oars. in the boat could mean put the paddles and then also to have oars in boats is absolutely amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so you can have both. Of uh, so those. For, just from a contextual standpoint yeah. for your people, yes. uh, women, ladies aren't allowed upstairs, but oars are allowed upstairs. 100. And we would all know what that meant. Yes. But if someone said put the oars in the canoe, that might be a coin toss. 100. We don't know. We don't know. You can we, put, but as is, no ladies on the boat. Right. No ladies. But put the oars, oars in the canoe and, and paddle oars. to... Jeffrey Epstein's island. Yes. If you don't have uh, oars in the boat, who's going to use the oars? Mm. Right? I didn't know where you're going there. But I'm saying, like, if you don't have the oars in the boat, how are you going to get around? But you're saying, who's going to paddle? Son of a bitch. That's right. Because you're eating and stretching. 100% I'm stretching and eating. <laughs> so just for clarity. Yes. Can you just repeat that last statement? Yes. No. No oars. Uh, we you need oars on the boat uh-huh. because if you don't have oars on the boat, who's going to use the oars? <laughs> right. Right. Now it makes sense. Right. You had to slow it down a little, but now I can kind of right. picture it. Right. Well, that's awesome. Do we have an outro? Jean Claude Van Damme wow. believes that's what Jean Claude Van Damme would do. Wow, it was excellent. I'm glad I could bring him by. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll take a quick break. Come back to do a little bit of news with Chris, and that'll be right after this. <laughs> Hold on to your jingle bells. Pluto TV has all your holiday favorites for free. Enjoy our season's greetings category with nine holiday channels, including holiday movie favorites by Lifetime, Festive Fireplace, Holiday Lights, and Hallmark Movies and more. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming holiday favorites on live channels and on demand. With thousands of free movies and TV shows, Pluto TV is your home for the holidays. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never. As we venture into our 15th year of podcasting, here's another memorable moment from the Adam Carolla Show's Ace Awards archives. They take Jean-Claude Van Damme, drive me to set, then I am JCVD. Right. Well, yeah, back to to the movie. You play a bank robber or something? I play, Jean-Claude Van Damme plays bank robber JCVD. Right. I still, I'm just having trouble rapping. I don't want to. Uh, it's different. Upset like you. like yeah. Jean Claude Van Damme believes in, um, you know, abortion, but JCVD, no. Oh, little different. Yeah. And how about like climate change? JCVD big on climate change. Uh huh. Jean Claude Van Damme feels like it's a oak. It's oaks. It's a oaks. Uh, it's a tree. Um, no. <laughs> 
Not oak. Oh, ho- oh, hoax. I- correct. Hoax. H O A X. Oaks. Now for some new memorable moments, let's get back to the Adam Carolla Show. It never gets old. It just doesn't get old. Chris D'Elia <laughs> is in studio. He's got a great stand-up special, and it's called Grow or Die, and you just go to ChrisDelia.com and you get it. All right, we'll do a little news, and then uh, Alan Dershowitz will join us. Let's yeah, so we, we recently talked about L.A. City Council Council banning uh, bull riding. Mm-hmm. The thing they're, they're focusing on. They're focusing working on. hard. They're working hard. They know their constituency. What? So, they prioritize yeah, is what was, it is. Yeah, on Tuesday yeah. They, they had a whole meeting about banning bull mm-hmm. riding. Mm-hmm. Okay. Unless it was for um, you know people of color. Right, We're right. Okay so, oh, uh, bull riding. Some... Uh, California toy stores now mm-hmm. oh, yeah, have become targets because uh, they need a gen- gender-neutral toy section by January 1st. Oh, really? Or oh, they yeah. will face a penalty of up to $500 under a new bill signed by our very own Gavin Newsom. Prioritizing. Working big to small. Problems-wise. For, okay. They got I, don't, a- I don't want to sound like a caveman, but I don't know what gender-neutral is. Like, I know there is dolls... And there's Tonka trucks, and then there's Legos. Mm. So I guess Lego like, yeah, blocks. blocks. I guess technically, but does that mean? Does it mean <clears throat> they have to have? Yeah, actually, I don't know what like that means. Monopoly. Either, yeah. What would Monopoly be? But 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 my point is, is there is a general neutral aisle. It's really called the whole store. It's the whole store because yeah. you go into the toy aisle and you go, I'm going to get a truck and I'm going to get a dolly. And right. then someone goes, well, get a Parcheesi set, too, right. and get a quart of milk. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Is the milk the milk's gender neutral? Does it say right? what that is? Um, it just says, regardless of whether they've been traditionally marketed for either girls or for boys. Uh-huh. Um, but, but these stores have to be big retail department yeah, 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 stores. Sure. Um, total of 500 or more employees. But... I mean, $500, if you don't want to do this, you could just pay it and just move that on. That is right? true. It's not much maybe for a toy store, the big company, but still the principle is fucked up. But what – let me see some examples. Here's all I'm saying. Gavin Newsom, mm. people are looking for excuses to leave California. Right. Give them reasons to stay – and it's not more regulation. More regulation is just <laughs> right, another right, right. excuse for them to go to Florida or Texas yeah. and set up their headquarters yeah. there. Number one. Number two, I have a theory, Chris, and I'm curious what you think of it. Um, L.A. And, and California is kind of turning into a shit show. The homeless problem is off the charts. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of crime now. Our roads are the worst in the country, and our schools are failing as well. So if mm-hmm. you kind of take the big stuff, yeah. um, roads, traffic, taxes, you know, we get taxed the most. Mm-hmm. Price, the, the craziest thing, and you travel and I travel, I was just in Nashville. I'm looking at gas prices that start with a two. Right, crazy. Uh, two. You go, this it starts with a two. All ours start with a five or Bonkers, six. Like, yeah. what the? So the big stuff is pretty fucked up. Right. Now, I have a theory, and my theory's always been Gavin Newsom and the L.A. City Council work on small shit because when you hear that they're working on small shit, it makes you think the big stuff is working. And here's what I'm saying. If I said to you, yeah. if I said, uh, Chris, I want you to come by my house. I know you think about building a house soon. I want to show you a few things. 
I just want full stainless steel in my garage. I got all stainless steel. It's all Euro cabinetry. Right. Cost a pretty penny. Full extension Accuride ball bearing slides, sure. self closing Euro hinges. Like I just did my garage up like it was a, a NASA space center. Right. It is awesome. If you came to my house mm-hmm. and walked into my kitchen and there were raccoons fucking <laughs> in the sink and a grease fire, you'd be surprised because you'd be like, well, he was talking about his garage. Yeah. I figured the rest of the house would be a palace, of right? Course, yeah. Because by the time he got to this kind of detail in his garage, the master bedroom, the home Should theater, everything has to be to perfect. But yeah. you wouldn't picture squalor and filth, right? No. I think they concentrate on little bullshit things to make us think like that's what you do if all the other stuff was fixed. But they hop right past all the big stuff and go to the minutia. Which is insane. Yeah, in a way, they're saying that if we don't pay attention to it, if we don't put it in our in the media and what we're talking about, then people might forget about it. But why? But here's the other thing: why? I know a lot of people in LA. I don't really. I don't. You know. And granted, my friends are a lot of my friends are like minded. I don't. I don't know one person that would think that that was a good idea to have a gender neutral. Or really what or it find meant. someone not to. Or So that's not even a good idea. Or, or somebody who's been affected. Like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. you know all the times you yeah. take your gender-neutral twins to the Target yeah. and they can't find any toys? It's like a bad comedy premise. Like you're bringing totally. up something. It's like, it's like saying, you know, every time you're in a rush, you're on the freeway and you get by some German guy in a Porsche. Yeah, and yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. no. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't know what the premise is. Yeah, yeah. Who's this ever affected? Whoever raised their hand. This is the whole point. This is his this is where his priorities are. His last decree was creating the ebony alert just for missing black kids versus the amber. Really? Yes, we have an ebony alert, an amber alert, and a feather alert for missing American Indians. The whole what? point is he does nonsensical doesn't everyone is sitting here going could we get gas down yeah. under five dollars? Could we get a school system yeah. that's working? Like, could we get all the garbage peed in my driveway? I, right, a guy yeah. just peed in my driveway. Can we do that? And they're like, "Hold on, we need the ebony alert." Right, because because Amber was a a white. Is that named after a white person? Amber was for everybody. I, I know that, but they but... didn't look for the black people hard enough. Okay, but <laughs> yeah, Amber was a girl's name. Figure, right. right. Yeah, so, but then ebony it just sounds like racist. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, was... all this stuff falls under the heading yeah, of, yeah, yeah. of, of <laughs> yeah. racist. Like, uh, uh, you just can't win because it's just gonna. That, that's that's a no. That's a no. That that's not good. So the gender neutral again. What is that? I don't know. So I like, mean, manifest like, yeah, itself. Blocks, instruments. But the, all toy, all toy fucking stores have that. Yeah, exactly. So they they will already have it. I think they just have. I don't know. Maybe you have to label. But here's that. the whole point. We now need a guy who's been deputized by the city to come in and do a report on your aisle if you're at the Target in Glendale. Mm-hmm. That's another job. That, yeah. that, you know what? Here's right. the point. Take that fucker. Put him in an orange vest. Give him a mop handle with a, with a mm-hmm. nail on the end of it and have him pick up garbage around the 405. Better use of Much uh, better money. use. Yes. Right. Yeah, I get it. All For right. sure. Yeah. Agree. Right. Hard, hard agree. Thanks. Um, so, speaking of getting canceled, Tim Allen is getting dragged right now. Again? Again. Um, so this is uh, actress Casey Wilson. So she went uh, on her podcast 
uh, aptly titled Bitch Sesh. Mm. And she said, Tim Allen was such a bitch mm-hmm. when we're working on him for um, the Santa Clauses, the, uh, one of his. Yeah. Uh, Did Hinch write that one? I've got to look it up. I'll check it out. But, I'll um, talk to Hinch. I'll get the real She story. says, it was the truly single worst experience I've ever had with a co-star ever. Everybody. <laughs> was, okay, hold on a second. Did she have a big role or a small role? Who is this? Small What's her role. Name? If you have a small role, then fuck right off. <clears throat> I don't care. Uh, my, but, yeah. the whole, Casey Wilson. The whole thing. We'll find out where she comes in the credits, Dawson or somebody or the whatever whole part thing, was. With this is bosses are dicks. Yes. When when have you ever heard? You know, sometimes bosses are good guys, but like the whole Ellen thing. Yeah. When people were like, Ellen was a dick. Yeah. She's the boss. Yes. Who's like, hey, you know, my boss is amazing. I mean, yeah, some people's boss are amazing, and that's great. But dude, so someone's a dick. So yeah. don't either don't do that job or like you know Steve Harvey when they, that came out where it was like oh yeah all of his rules and shit it's like he's the boss yes I agree I I, I don't 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 work for it uh, listen it's a tearing down of a hierarchy of course it's it a is problem um, but also it's called work it's not a bouncy <laughs> castle it's time to go to work that's people mm-hmm. understood what work meant and then people go like I'm not being fulfilled you're not supposed to be fulfilled you're supposed to get paid. And then if you don't like it, you can leave. But and then listen, I'm sure I know Tim Allen. Tim Allen can be prickly. I don't know. And I, I'm sure Ellen is prickly. Yeah. It's their prickly prerogative. I don't know Tim Allen, but of course Tim Allen is a dick. What? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like who's going and being like, oh, you just fucking navigate it. Be better at navigating. Yes. Be, yes. Be, yes. Be better at navigating. I've worked with some pieces of shit, dude. Yes. I've worked at pieces. Of, I've they seen. They would say the same. <laughs> I've seen people assault people on set. Like I, I've seen it. Uh, you know, it's like, dude, you just you navigate it. It's shitty, and you figure it out. Yes. You're you go online. No, you know, twenty five years later, and bitch about it. You know what this generation is? Oh, this is new though. This is the new Tim Allen Santa Claus thing. Yeah, it's a new series. Yep. All right. Oh, There's a new oh, thing. oh, the new one. Let me tell you, you're going to experience this Got it. in a few years. Okay. Your kids are going to come home mm-hmm. and you're going to go, uh, weren't you, go- you going out for a football team this year? Are you going mm-hmm. out for the basketball mm-hmm. team this year? Or what happened to the science fair? And they'll go, ugh, coaches, no, coaches mean. Right. I'm not, I'm not mm-hmm. doing football this year. He's mean. I don't like the guy. He's a mean guy. I go, well, look, his job is to kind of yell at people yeah. when they do shit that's wrong. So we can coach sure. you guys. It's like, yeah, well, I'm not dealing with that. Like, there, it's a new thing. Interesting. People don't, kids, young people, they don't put up with shit. Mm. And we look at that as a step toward the light. Like, yeah. oh, that, that your coach is mean? Fuck him. Quit. I didn't even, I had mean coaches. I had tons of mean coaches. I never took it personally. They wanted to win. They had their own way of doing it. Yeah. I, 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 we weren't hanging out after practice. I get it. It was nothing personal. That's just who who they were. Kids do not get it. You have to be nice to them. I don't care if it's their coach or their Starbucks manager. Then everyone needs to be treated with respect and dignity. And Tim Allen, Tim Allen has been in this business for forty five years. She's been in it for ten minutes. She's got some sort of walk on role that's a half day shoot, and she needs uh, Tim Allen to show her respect. Yeah. Well, here you yeah. hear some of the things that she. 
Oh, he said. Sorry, I'm looking at my screen. Kevin Hench didn't do this Santa Claus. No, he did. He did. He, he's Leo the, Benavuto he's, and he's Steve under Rudnick wrote Santa Claus. So she's one of the writers on the series. Oh, but that's what I was told. Oh, well, now we need to figure it out because I've got two writers <laughs> that aren't uh, Kevin Hench, but I can I can ask him because oh, there's four different S- Santa Claus things that they're. I saw. I see as a series writing credit for an episode. So. I just don't get like. Okay, so she says that he's a dick, and then. Okay, okay. What, yeah, what's the what? thing? Here, that, that's the thing. my thing. thing. Yeah. That's my thing, yes. So she says when she was doing a scene with him, <laughs> he goes over to the producer who's standing four, free, four feet from me and goes, you got to tell her to stop stepping on my lines. So the producer, with horror on his face, has to walk one foot to me horror. and goes, uh, Tim would ask you to stop stepping on his lines. Uh, and then she says everyone was walking around eggshells around him all day. People looked frantic. He never made eye contact. It was so uncomfortable. By the way, that's nothing. Uh, lack of eye contact is zero burger. That could be you staring at your phone yeah. while people walked past or, you. Or, or what if Tim Allen was like, oh, this? I don't think this woman likes me, so I'm just going to not. Right. You know, who knows what the fuck's going on right. with their head? And walking on eggshells is in her head. Of course, 100%. Yes. Navigate better, like right. I said. Right. Yeah, and I guess when he would leave, he would just announce leaving, take a Santa cape, picks it up and drops it on the floor and walks out so somebody had to go pick it up. Uh, she says this. Uh, and James she Brown would do that. Someone from the crew would walk up to her and go, "You're seeing him on a good day." So, all right. Well but known. but so a couple things. There's two things. There's your sort of temperament. Some people have a temperament, like a wiring, like a dog. Mm-hmm. You know, some people are a little persnippity, and then others have a lot of things they're dealing with. And what I'm saying is, is when Tim Allen is walking off the set. He's walking in another room with writers and having a discussion about changing things and fixing things. And they're arguing about mm-hmm. stuff that's not in the budget and stuff like that. You don't know what all is in his head. Mm-hmm. Number number one. Number two, that could be his wiring. Yeah. Get the fuck over it. Right. It should also, show up to your job <clears throat> and leave. Also, if somebody was a dick to me on set, I'm going to say, hey, man, like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Do, do, deal with it then. Mm-hmm. You don't go on a fucking podcast later on. Yes. And, and it, let's like, dude. I agree. It's just whack. Now, she yeah. just had like one scene or one day. Yeah, she or... played like a, the older version of one of the kids in the original movie. All right. She should shut the fuck up. Yeah. So, well, anyway, Tim Allen is getting is getting dragged right now. Except for not really, because no one really is cares. He? Yeah, that's crazy. No one really cares. All right. Good. Um. So the, the Tui family from the mm. blind side. So, yeah. Yeah. They're now claiming that Michael Orr. Or 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 uh, tried to shake them down from millions. Or, yeah. or uh, tried or. to shake them down from millions, <clears throat> and uh, and threatened the family. So I mean, there's been a lot of drama this year over the Blindside movie mm-hmm. and the rights oh, yeah. and, and all the people and all the money they've made off it. And he, mm-hmm. this guy feels like he's not getting compensated fairly right. for mm-hmm. telling his story. And so now it's come out that he was actually threatening the family. He um, was trying to extort them. Extorting, yeah, extorting. Well, okay. Boy, you never would have thought that. (laughs) He had 10 years in the league. Like, he should have had Mm -hmm. some rainy day money set Mm -hmm. aside. Mm -hmm. He's a starting tackle in the league for a decade. I mean, I don't know his entire career, Mm -hmm. but he was was a big name offensive tackle, 10 years in the league, maybe 11, maybe Mm 9. I don't know. 
played for the Ravens. Like, definitely had some multi-million dollar contracts going. Uh So he should have had some money stashed aside. Uh, There's a thing that I realize that happens sometimes where it's like a lot of people have it in their head. It's kind of a simple way of business, but it'd be like, It'd be like if I said, um, you know, hey, Chris, uh, you should do this bit when you went. Next time you go do stand up, you should go do this bit. Or you, Okay. Do Jean-Claude Van Damme. Super funny. on it. And then you started doing it. And then you started just blowing up. And next thing you know, you're selling out arenas with your Jean-Claude Van Damme. And then after three years, I come up to you and I go, hey, man, yeah, I told you to do it. And you go, yeah, I said thanks. Yeah. And then I go, you've made millions and millions and millions of dollars wow. on your Jean-Claude Van Damme arena <laughs> tour. And you go, yeah, I did. And then I'd go, well, shouldn't you break off $10 million to give it to me? And you'd go, No. Or yes, but you don't have to. Right. And then I'm go, you know what? I'm suing him because I told him to do it. Right. There's a lot of like, I told you right. or this was thing. You don't necessarily get paid just because. You have an idea. You have an idea or you were in the story right. of the couple that did it or whatever. There's a million of mm. those stories. And the people who don't get paid go, but look how much money this movie right, right, made. Right, and it's right. like, yes, they made that much money. And and then. You know, the the woman who invented post-its was working for Dow Chemical at the time, and she was making 40 grand a year, and that's how much she got paid. Right. Because she was on the clock when she came up with post-its. I'm screwing up the story, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I get it. That's where we're at. I I, I don't – I mean, if you – they bought his – the rights to it? Or no? Well, I mean, it's kind of both. Their it's all of their stories, but he was included. But he wanted he's he taxed like I need ten million dollars. That, well, that that's if uh, no, he's but wrong. all that being said, I'd like you to sign a document quick before you leave that just states simply if you do start uh, doing Jean Claude, <laughs> and, uh, and that would be different if act, I did yeah. sign that. Uh, that we just kind of memorialize just it. it in I writing. guess it's easy. Yeah, it's yeah. Quick. we'll take uh, a picture I mean, okay, of it. The newspaper. You guys are good guys. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, that that's all. I don't know. It's so weird. But uh, I, I don't can't, can't you unless you're buying the rights or 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 I, I don't really know. I don't know much about that story. I don't know honestly what how it started. Well, he thinks that he was more. I never deserving. saw the movie. He was more deserving. Well, it's like the Winklevoss twins. Right. You know, it's like we came up with Facebook or whatever, yeah. and it's like yeah. And then they go at some point they get eighty million dollars sure. or hundred million dollars or whatever it is, and they go hundred million dollars. That company's worth two hundred right. billion, right. and they're pissed off. Right. But my take on it is, is you got hundred million dollars. Yeah. Keep I mean, um, well, yeah, yeah. So Britney Spears, her mm. dad. It's been reported that he had his leg amputated about a month ago. I know. What? I heard that. Yeah. So he's been in the hospital for bacterial infection, and eventually they just had to amputate one of his legs. Mm-hmm. Um, now, remember, she came out with that memoir, yeah, yeah. and uh, she did a lot of uh, mm-hmm. venting and uh, mm-hmm. talking trash about her dad, Jamie. Yeah, yeah. down. Yeah, but now it, it's being reported that, I mean, she posted a picture of him on, his, on her Instagram. Maybe they'll be mm-hmm. reconciling mm-hmm. for the holidays. Mm. Um, Maybe supposedly- she just didn't like his leg. Um, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe the leg was the, leg. the issue. Dad, that right shin. Yeah. yeah. Finally, now, now that that's out of the picture. Or maybe <laughs> maybe he, when she was a young person, he used to kick her. Maybe he vi- oh. it could have violated her with a big toe. Totally. It could, it could be leg-centric. <laughs> the leg is gone. You know, people do that. 
There's a lot of people I know get like a really shitty stepmom. Yeah. And as long as Beatrice is around the house, they're not fucking hanging out with dad anymore. But at some point, Beatrice dies. Now they go back up to hang out with dad. Beatrice is the leg in this story. That's, yeah. be, that's the metaphor mm-hmm. of the leg. Mm-hmm. You're right. This could be leg related. Mm-hmm. Never thought I mean, of that. Could be. So maybe it is a time for reconciling now. And they well, can, now that they the leg's go gone. Yeah. 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 The real problem, just, the real mm-hmm. issues. Hopefully they get rid of that leg, you know what I mean? Hopefully it doesn't show up anywhere. Comes back. Yeah. Years you know later. I mean? And yeah. reanimated. Yeah. With a vengeance. Well, you never know what the way the future's going. I mean, you know? It could be 19, uh, 2004. In Time Cop, we wanted to do reanimation of shins. <laughs> so, uh, JCVD. Yeah. Um, yes. Michael Orr, the, the player. Yes. How would you pronounce his name? Michael Oh, you're saying oh, his last name? Oh, oh, last name. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I get it. <clears throat> or. Oh, or. Yes. Oh, I thought it'd be whore. What is, uh, how do you spell? <clears throat> I spell fine. How do you spell for Michael Orr? Oh, oh, last okay. name. O-H-E-R. O-H-E-R. Oh. Okay, so it would be or. Or. Right. Uh-huh. Okay. So if he was, if sure. he was on a boat. Or. Mm-hmm. He would invite, or would invite the horse to use the horse, um, and we would sail. Do you know the theme song to Mr. Ed? Uh, oh, yes. Dawson uh, left horse left is a horse. Left the room. Right? Yes, yes. Let's see. <laughs> see if we can a find horse this. Wow, a horse, horse, of course, of course, right? Yeah. That one, yeah. <laughs> uh, horse is a horse. We'll play you the Something. theme, and we'll see if we can... See if Sean Claude can put his own uh, theme on. Oh my God! Is, of course, unless the horse is the famous Mr. A. Go right to the source and ask. This is about women you pay for sex. Start at the top one time. Let's see. This is a te- this is a big sitcom. Horse, of course, of course. Hello. Hello. I'm Mr. A. <laughs> A horse is a horse, of course, of course, and no one can talk to a horse, of course. That is, of course, unless a the horse, horse is a horse, of course, of course, no one can talk to a horse, of course. He'll give you the answer that you endorse. This is a huge song. I know it's a big song. So many streams this has on um, in Brussels. Oh, Mr. Ed was big. We listened to it in orgies. <laughs> I can't believe that was a sitcom. This is a sitcom. They give a horse peanut butter, and the horse is like, oh, Wilbur. Yeah. Sitcom. Prime time. Prime time. All right, let's do uh, one more here. All right, let's see. Um, So, Sylvester Stallone, who, JCVD, Mm -hmm. I mean, you were in the Expendables. What a great guy. Yes. Mm -hmm. Do you see his documentary? No. Um, I did. You did. Yeah, it's good. I, okay, I didn't see it. Oh, oh you guys, I, I heard it's now. great. That's oh, great. Um, so anyway, his wife, uh, they talked about moving to Florida, mm-hmm. and basically admitting that there wasn't really anything left for me in California. Mm-hmm. So she spoke with uh, Fox News Digital during Rocky Day, mm-hmm. which um, oh right, yeah, that was the other day. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the other day. And she joined her husband, and they said that they're just really happy about their move to Florida. Well, they moved? Yeah. Oh, no shit. Yeah, she said uh, she was born and raised there. Two of their kids were born there. Yeah. Oh, I mean, they're talking about California, excuse me. But then, now everyone's out. Our daughters moved to the East Coast, so there wasn't really anything left for us in California. If your best friend's moved, so Rocky has now moved. I was at their – I I was at – I went to his house in uh, in L.A. It was amazing. Uh, and I guess he sold it. Wow. Okay. You know, he sold it, too? Oh, wait, I do. All right. You'll think of it. Fuck who? <laughs> I, I'll buy you some time. No, I don't know. The, the, okay. Then he Adele. And the person... Oh, it's Adele. Pretty oh. sure it's Adele. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, think, right. I think you're this right. This is yes, TMZ. I think, right. I think you're right. They sold it to Adele. And, I mean, he had sold it for $40 million yeah. or yeah. whatever. She tore it down. What? Yes. What? The yeah. house that you love. Just How could land. you tear down such a beautiful house, honestly? <clears throat> well, you know he, you know, Sly wasn't living in squalor. Like, even if it was an older-style yeah. house, he did the kitchen no, and no, the no, bathrooms no. to the this, nines. No, it was amazing. This, right. This old, so <clears throat> she... Whoa! Uh, Beverly Park Mansion sits on more than three acres... Originally listed in 2021 for 110 million. 110 million. But she she didn't pay. That. How could you tear? She didn't that? pay 110, but she had to pay 50. She liked right? the lot. Yeah, she I paid guess? 58. 58. That is... took a bulldozer to it. I mean, you want to talk? Oh wow! You find people in Arkansas in the you know 1950s and try to explain. Yeah, I bought a house for 58 million dollars. I took a bulldozer to it. <clears throat> I don't know there's pictures or somewhere you can find it, but yeah, she she took a bulldozer to this place, Chris. That how does is, how does Sly feel about that? She didn't just rip out one room and it's gonna you know re, re you know, leveled put, it, put up new new carpeting in the guest the guest room or something. She, I think she leveled the whole place. Yeah, I mean you got. Yeah, I think I I, I saw it on TMZ. I don't even know how to. I don't this even is, know how to think about this. She gutted it, gutted what with bulldozer. What's she gonna do to it? I don't know. But I mean, it was a, yeah, it was a twenty-one thousand square foot, eight bedroom, twelve bathroom house. Wow, it was an unbelievable house. All right, Alan okay. Dershowitz is waiting in the queue, so let's bring this home. Chris D'Elia shows all over the place. Go to chrisdelia dot com and watch his very funny stand up special, Chris D'Elia Grow or Die, and it's available at chrisdelia dot com. Mm-hmm. And let's support those who do it for themselves. Thank you. Always great to see you, Chris. Thank you, guys. I love coming here and uh, appreciate you. Anytime. I'll talk to the great attorney and professor, Alan Dershowitz, right after this. Morgan and Morgan, let me lay a stat on you. People 15 to 24 had the highest rate of emergency room visits due to car accidents of all the age groups. Oh, man, my kids are in that age group. Now I'm worried, but thank God there's Morgan and Morgan. If you're ever injured... You can uh, check them out. Morgan & Morgan, America's largest injury law firm. Over 100 offices nationwide. More than 800 lawyers. More than $15 billion recovered for 300,000 plus clients. Morgan & Morgan has proven that they have a track record. And they will fight to get you the full and fair compensation. They've been fighting for people for over 35 years Racing my vintage cars is hard, but submitting a claim for Morgan & Morgan is easy. Am I right, Dawson? 
If you're ever injured, you can check out Morgan and Morgan. Their fee is free unless they win. For more information, go to forthepeople.com slash Adam or dial pound law pound 529 from your cell phone. That's for thepeople.com slash Adam or pound law pound 529 from your cell. This is a paid advertisement. You're about to hear a preview of the Jordan Harbinger show with Bill Browder, who uncovered a massive fraud inside the Russian government and took on one of the most powerful men in the world, Vladimir Putin. Well, I was sitting there down 90 percent. They were going to steal my last 10 cents on the dollar. So I took a decision which nobody had ever taken before, which was to take on one of the oligarchs. I did. I fought back big time. Sergey and I exposed the crime. The same people who Sergey testified against arrested him and then tortured him to try to get him to withdraw his testimony. He was really a man of steel. On the morning of November 17th at 7.45 a.m., I got the call from Sergei's lawyer, and it was the most horrifying, life-changing, soul-destroying news that I could have ever gotten. For more on how Bill Browder continues to fight for change while being a thorn in the side of Vladimir Putin, check out episode three, which is one of the most popular episodes of The Jordan Harbinger Show. The Adam Carolla Show presents Alan Dershowitz's birthday cocktail party for September 1st. Let's see who's invited. The author of Tarzan of the Apes, Edgar Rice Burroughs, is here. The announcer for the Jack Benny Show. Let's welcome Don Wilson. Here comes the undefeated world heavyweight champion from 1952 to 56 from Brockton, Mass., Rocky Marciano. Country singer Conway Twitty just walked in. Lily Tomlin joined the party. TV doctor Phil McGraw. Martial artist Billy Blanks is here. So is Gloria Estefan. From the Bee Gees, Barry Gibb just walked in. And from Archie Bell and the Drells. Tighten up for Archie Bell. Alan Dershowitz is on the Adam Carolla Show. Alan Dershowitz has joined us. He has a book out. He has a few books. Well, he has a million books out, but his latest book, War Against the Jews, How to End Hamas Barbarism. It's available tomorrow wherever you find finer books. I was enjoying your conversation with my dear friend Dennis Prager a week or so ago, so I feel like I've read the book. Good to see you, Alan. Well, good. Thank you. I go back with Dennis a long time. We went to competing yeshivas in Brooklyn back in uh, in the 1950s when I was rooting for Rocky Marciano, who was one of my heroes. I never knew we shared a birthday. So thank you for giving me that information. Um, the book, um, I'm basically an atheist, uh, not Jewish, uh, had a grand a step grandfather who was a Hungarian Jew who fled during World War II because his family was being exterminated. And I learned a lot from him. And I've always just been a fan of the Jews uh, without any attachment to them. Um, spiritual, spiritual attachment, but not religious attachment. But I've always been like, the Jews aren't the problem. Wherever wherever they are, they're not the problem. And that's just my bird's eye view of the, of the Jews. And I've never wavered from it. And I... It, it's even stronger today. I can't figure out why so many people don't share that opinion. Well, I'm a fan of a lot of Jews. I'm also an enemy of a lot of Jews. 
Um, I'm an enemy of Norman Finkelstein, who was a Jewish anti-Semite. Gertrude Stein, who supported Adolf Hitler and nominated him for the um, uh, for the Peace Prize, the Nobel Peace Prize. You know, so there are good Jews and there are bad Jews and there are religious Jews and there are secular Jews uh, like me. But the one thing that unites all Jews is that so many people hate us without understanding, without any good reason. They just hate Jews. Sometimes it comes from the right. Sometimes it comes from the left. Today, it even comes from the center. And people forget that the attack on Jews didn't start when Israel went into Gaza. It started the day after the horrible barbarism of October 7th, when women were raped and children beheaded and burned. That's when the attack on Jews began. The National Lawyers Guild which has branches in every major university in the United States, praised Hamas, said it was a good thing. It was a military reaction to occupation. 32 Harvard groups blamed the rapes on Israel. This is before Israel sent a single soldier into Gaza. So this is not about ceasefires. This is not about the Palestinians. It's only about the Jews and whether there should be a single state in the world that is the nation state of the Jewish people. And in my book, The War Against the Jews, I document this from the beginning. I go into the history of Gaza, the history of the Palestinians, how they could have had a state five times if they had just said yes or even maybe. But instead, they always said no. As Abi Ibn once said, you know, the Palestinian leadership doesn't know how to take yes for an answer. And their response has been, has been violence. And now we're seeing it on college campuses and it's coming to a theater near you. If you think Hamas will be satisfied by just, you know, closing down a few Jewish-owned stores in Philadelphia or attacking Jews here and there, they won't be. They're going to engage in the kind of violence that we saw during the 1970s with the weathermen and people like that who blew up schools, blew up, uh, tried to blow up army bases. It's coming to a theater near you. What do you make? I mean, <clears throat> I understand Hamas— um, and then, I mean, I don't understand them, but I, I do know what their mission statement is. And then you go to the aforementioned college campuses and they drag these leaders, uh, the presidents of Harvard and UMass and M MIT and or UPenn, I should say, and MIT. And they cannot summon the strength to just say we don't condone these words or this behavior. I mean, they literally s wiggle around, you know, or you could be talking about the squad and Rashida Tlaib and so on and so forth. They say out of one corner of their mouth that they stand with the Jews and there's nothing, you know, everyone has the right to X, Y, and Z. But the other side of their mouth, they can't quite spit yeah. the words out. What is that? You put it exactly right. They have to always talk out of two sides of their mouth. A friend of mine who was a major president of a major university until recently said the one quality that is not a criteria for being a college president is courage. Right. These people have no courage. They have no principles. They put their fingers up to the wind. They change their mind as soon as donors call and say, oh, we're not going to send any more money in. Or when the federal government says we're going to investigate, then they come up with statements that apologize for the previous statements. The University of Pennsylvania president apologized. The University 
um, uh, Harvard University president apologized. Look, these presidents are the wrong people at the wrong time in the wrong job. What happened is there were trends in who became president. When I started teaching at Harvard in 1964, no Jews need apply. There was not a single Jewish president of a major university, not a single Jewish dean at Harvard College. And the president of Harvard made it clear, we don't want a Jewish president. We want a Wasp Brahmin president. That's what Harvard stands for. Then there was a period of time when a lot of Jews became presidents of Harvard, of Yale, of uh, Penn, of you name it, lots and lots of schools. Then what happened just recently is every president has to be woke. Most of them are female, progressives, uh, as many people as you can possibly get who are people of color. And I, I like the fact that there's a diversity among the people who are being picked, but there's no diversity of opinion. They all come from the same cookie cutter. They're all woke, progressive cowards. And they will not stand up for principle because if they do, they know what happens to them. Larry Summers was the perfect example. He was a president of courage and he was a president of principle. And he made a statement that he honestly believed about genetic differences that may explain why women are discriminated against in certain areas of mathematics. He got fired. He got fired by that standard, by the Larry Summers standard. Each of these three presidents has to be fired. What they did was so embarrassing to the university, so embarrassing to education, and so embarrassing to them. But don't worry, because the Harvard Gazette, which is the Pravda, the house organ of Harvard, praised President Gay. Oh, what a great job she did. She stood up, etc. You read that article in the Harvard Gazette, and you say, is that the same event that I just saw on television? Uh Uh-uh. Well... Also, uh, you're, if you're wearing your attorney hat, I'm guessing you were, it didn't even really track in a linear fashion. They were saying, um, basically, annihilate the Jews is that hate speak. And they were saying, well, if it turns into actions, then it is. And I was like, if it turns into actions, that means there's dead Jews. Like, everyone knows there's a law in on every book in America that if you physically assault anybody, Jew or not, or terminate that person, Jew or not, that's a crime. But they kept yeah. saying, if it goes into something physical, and it's like, well, no shit, Sherlock, of course, if it turns into something physical, that's universal. We're asking you to c- condemn the statement. Well, and they have when the statements have been directed against blacks, gays, transgender people. Of course. I had a student, I represented him pro bono. He was admitted to one of the great law schools. And he is gay, and he went to a gay event, and he saw a transgender person, and he said something unpleasant, just said something unpleasant about transgender people. His his acceptance was wrong, just because of what he said. But if he had instead said, I think all Jews should be subject to genocide. Oh, they're not going to rescind his 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 admission for that. It's the double standard. Yes. It's the fact that no university would stand for any faculty member saying that every black should be sent back to Africa or subject to genocide. Every woman should be raped. Every transgender person should be killed. If they said anything like that, they would immediately be fired and any student would be expelled. And you can't have a double standard for Jews or for the nation state of the Jewish people. And all the presidents failed to deal 
with that very important issue. Well, you're getting to a much bigger and possibly more dangerous subject, which is the sort of double standard. There's the way the DOJ treats Hunter Biden. uh, There's the way they treat January 6th protesters. There's what they do in terms of Donald Trump and his family and his financial matters. And then there's Joe Biden and his family and his financial matters. And I think what most Americans, including myself, are fearful of is the double standard. Uh, oh, no, no. I agree with you completely. I think Americans love the double standard. I okay. think they love it. And half of Americans want to see Donald Trump persecuted to the hilt, but don't want to see the same standard applied to Hunter Biden. And the other half want to see Hunter Biden prosecuted and don't want to see it applied. I lost all my friends on Martha's Vineyard because I refused to apply a double standard. I apply the same standard to right and to left. I would be just as opposed to the current impeachment of um, uh, President Biden as I was to the impeachment of Donald Trump. I myself, I'm a centrist liberal Democrat. I supported and voted for Biden. And I don't want to see him impeached, but I didn't want to see President Trump impeached because he didn't commit impeachable conduct under the Constitution. So I wish you were right that most Americans hate the double standard. Some do. People like you and me who are principled, we hate the double standard. But too many Americans want the double standard. They love me when I defend people. Funny story about that. I was once defending Michael Milken and Mike Tyson at the same time, a billionaire and the heavyweight champ of the world. People would come over to me at the airport and throw their arms around me and say, thank you for defending Mike. (laughs) Mike, it was. And usually I could tell by the way they were dressed right. or maybe. But nobody wanted me to defend both Mike Tyson and, and, and Mike Milken. They wanted me to defend only the person they wanted me to defend. Yeah, no, I agree. It's whose ox is getting gored. And that's a very sad way to run a country. And it really is not going to work that way. And I, when I say most people no, you're exactly right. This group has that agenda. That group has that agenda. Uh, I say most people, it's wishful thinking. I just want the DOJ or the FBI or whomever we're dealing with to just have a the the lady justice. Keep the blindfold on. Yeah, no, look, I agree with you. People now have the cliche all the time. Oh, of course, Donald Trump shouldn't get immunity for uh, what he did as president. No one's above the law. Have you read the Constitution? Senators and congressmen are above the law. They can't be prosecuted for what. You and I could be prosecuted for. Do you know that for years, senators and congressmen could trade on inside information and become billionaires? And if any of us traded information, we'd be in in jail. So our constitutional system does place some people above the law. They place judges above the law. Uh, There's a case, a famous case, where a judge conspired with a father. The father didn't like the fact that his young white daughter was going out with a black man. And so telling her that she had an appendicitis operation, she got the judge to sign an order having her tubes tied and uh, because he didn't want her to be pregnant by a black guy. Harry's a white guy. And and years later, she can't have a baby. She goes to the doctor. The doctor says your tubes are tied. So they sued the judge for allowing this, knowing this. And the United States Supreme Court said, no, 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 judges are above the law. You can't sue a judge or prosecute a judge for doing such a terrible thing as conspiring 
with a white racist to prevent his daughter from having a baby? No, judges are above the law. Senators are above the law. Congressmen are above the law. But if you say that Donald Trump's above the law, oh, my God, you're in favor of a dictatorship and a tyranny. No, one law for everybody. You uh, share a quality that my very good friend Mark Garagos has, which is you must know him well. Like him. He's uh, a neighbor and just a great friend and just a great guy, if you know him. Um, He likes taking unpopular cases. And uh, unfortunately, that gets you thrown out of the cocktail party at Martha's Vineyard. Or it doesn't get you thrown out. You don't get the invite. Uh, And the 92nd Y and and so on and so forth. And I know I'd like to get into that with you as well. But what is it about you and or Mark Garagos that has this gene of saying, I want to take high profile, unpopular cases that are not going to get me hugged at the airport? Well, I think part of it may have to do with our ethnicity. Um, I'm Jewish. He's uh, Armenian. Uh, We both have long, long histories of uh, being discriminated against and being bullied. I grew up with my father who didn't go to, didn't graduate high school, but he had a deep sense of justice. And he always said to me, you have to defend the underdog and you always have to criticize up, not down. Don't ever pick on people who are of a lower status than you. Only pick on people who have a higher status than you. And that was imbued in me from the time I was very, very young. And so when I went to Brooklyn College, I defended the rights of communists. I hated communism. I thought it was the most uh, horrible form of government. But when professors were being thrown out of Brooklyn College because they were communists, I came to their defense. I defended Nazis who wanted to march in Skokie, Illinois, in a Jewish uh, community. So for me, it's always been a case of defending the unpopular and the underdog. And as long as I can have a cocktail occasionally with Mark Garagos and he with me, I think we'd both be happy. We don't have to go to these cocktail parties. Um, I don't think John Adams was invited to many cocktail parties after he defended the people accused of the Boston Massacre. I don't think Abraham Lincoln was defend- went to too many cocktail parties either when he defended as many guilty murderers as he did with great success. The American system and the Constitution requires that everybody get a defense. In my attitude, because I had tenure at Harvard for 50 years, I couldn't be fired. My attitude was always, if I don't defend the worst, the most unpopular, the most despicable people in the world, how can I tell my students to do it? So I always took the lead in defending the most unpopular people, and I still do. What are some of the things that have changed in your life talking about the 92nd why I've spoke there once when I launched a book many years ago, very popular in Manhattan, at least, and the Martha's Vineyard crowd and Harvard. And in, in general, uh, I have, you know, I work in Hollywood. Uh, I, I make my feelings known about subjects and uh, I've definitely been shunned a time or two. I understand it. Um, your yours is on a slightly different level in, this, in a different arena, but yet this is happening. The people who complain the most about McCarthyism are essentially trying to practice McCarthyism, which I find ironic. But what's behind it and what does it mean and some of the stories or experiences you've had? Well, a lot of it is self-righteousness and a lot of it is we know it's right and we don't want to hear opposing points of view. The 92nd Street Y is a perfect 
perfect example. It's supposed to be the place where all kinds of views are expressed. I was the second most popular speaker in the history of the 92nd Street Y. Only Elie Wiesel was asked more often. I spoke every single year. And as you know, you don't get paid, but you get paid a pittance uh, for speaking at the 92nd Street Y. But I always liked the audience because it was a mixture of uh, Manhattanites. And then they always had it on closed circuit television. It could be seen around the country. And I have been completely banned, even during this uh, time where Israel is being attacked. And I'm one of the most uh, articulate, I think, spokespeople for Israel. At least that's what the prime minister and president of Israel have said. In fact, the cover of my book says, as always, Professor Alan Dershowitz presents a compelling case in defense of the state of Israel, voices the truth about the atrocities which were carried out by Hamas. Isaac Herzog, president of Israel, but I cannot speak on behalf of Israel at the 92nd Street. Why? I can't speak at the Cardoza Law School, which is a Jewish law school, which was originated by Yeshiva University. I was offered the deanship of that school. But the dean recently wrote saying, no, no, we're not ready to hear from Alan Dershowitz. Uh, he'd be too uh, disruptive uh, on, on the campus. I can't speak at Temple Emanuel. I can't speak at the library of, the ninth, of, of Martha's Vineyard. I don't mind missing the cocktail parties. That's just me. My wife doesn't like cocktail parties. What I object to is the fact that people who want to hear me are denied the right to hear me at the 92nd Street. Why? People forget the First Amendment has two aspects. My right to speak, but your right to hear me. And your right to hear me at the 92nd Street Y has been denied. Your right to hear me uh, at Cardoza Law School has been denied. And that's the problem. Today, we're so sure of our points of view, we don't want to hear opposing points of view. We only want points of view that satisfy our feeling, oh, wow, we're so self-righteous, we agree with the speaker. No, have speakers you disagree with. What's your feeling on how this is going to shake out? I mean, I think right-thinking people realize Hamas just needs to be destroyed. There's only one way forward, and that's eradicating Hamas. And since Hamas hides among civilians, then that means there's going to be a certain amount of collateral damage try to keep it at some of its lowest numbers. I think people don't realize that in any war, there's a ratio of civilians to combatants. And uh, I don't maybe Iraq, it was three or four to one with America, three or four civilians per per soldier. Uh, I think Israel's got it down to two to one, which is statistically low, which is all stuff that nutty, emotional people don't want to hear, but it actually makes a difference when you're talking about this. So Hamas needs to go. If they're going to hide amongst the civilian population, then a percentage of those people are going to perish as well. And then what? Well, first of all, it's not the fault of the nutty people. If it bleeds, it leads. I can understand people seeing dead bodies of children complaining. It's the fault of CNN and the New York Times. Yes. Uh, us calls it, they call it the CNN strategy. I call it the dead baby strategy. It's very simple. They've been using it now for 20 years. You kill as many Jews as possible in as brutal a fashion as possible, knowing that Israel has to react. You then put your fighters, your tunnels, your terrorists, your rockets among civilians, knowing that babies will die. Then you get ready to hold the babies up in front of the TV cameras and in front of the New York Times. They report it, and then the world turns against Israel 
Wash, rinse, repeat. Wash, rinse, repeat. Do you remember when we were kids, there was a song called Michael Finnegan, Begin Again, Begin Again? That's what this is. Hamas does it over and over again, and it will never, ever stop until CNN and the New York Times break the cycle by saying, look, every time a civilian baby is killed, it's the fault of Hamas. I'll give you an example from common every day. Let's assume I go rob a bank and the police come in and start shooting at me and I grab you as a hostage and I hold you in front of me and I start shooting and I kill a policeman, I kill a teller, I kill a bank customer. And then a brave policeman takes aim at me trying to kill me, but I move and by accident, he kills you. Who's responsible for your death? Who's the murderer? Not the policeman who made the shot, but the hostage taker who was holding you in front of him. And the same thing is true with Hamas. They are responsible for the death of every human shield that was killed by Israeli fire in Gaza. Israel should and does take more precautions than any other country in the world. Richard Kemp, who was the head of NATO forces in Afghanistan, did an analysis of that. And he found that Israel has the best record of protecting civilians in warfare and urban warfare than any country in the history of warfare. And yet, if you ask people who watch CNN, if you ask people who read the New York Times, they'll say Israel is the worst defender of all countries in the world. And when the best is called the worst, you know, it's the reporting that's at fault. Well, speaking of CNN, look, if you if you interviewed your average CNN viewer and you said, uh, you know, how many people who a year ago, how many people who can track COVID die or are hospitalized? They'd say 80 percent. And if you said uh, how many innocent black men are shot by racist cops per year, they'd say 5000. They're skewed from watching this, obviously. And the same carries right along to they'd say Hunter Biden's laptop wasn't real. Fifty one intelligence experts signed off on that fact. If you ask them a couple of years, they're wrong about everything. But the question is, is what's in it for CNN to lose this much? I, I, I'll, a, a small experiment. I work here with handfuls of, of young people. If you would have said to them five or eight years ago, what do you think about CNN? They'd go, fine. They do the news. If they said to them today, CNN said they go, I'm not really listening anymore. Why are they? compromising their brand why are they playing so fast and loose with their brand what's the end game los angeles times new york times same thing what's in it for them to do to play it this way well selling soap and they're not doing a great job of it because cnn's statistics are are way down but that's all they're interested in remember what television is television is advertising interspersed with a little bit of content to keep the viewers so that they can get large amounts of money from their advertisers. It's all advertisement-driven, but it's also ideologically driven, because NPR, which doesn't have advertising, is even more skewed against Israel and against conservatives than CNN is skewed. So uh, you have the government also being on, on one side of this. The problem is today Walter Cronkite could not get a job on television. Walter Cronkite would have to have a podcast. Uh, like um, CBS wouldn't hire him, ABC wouldn't hire him, NBC, CNN, nobody would hire him because he's fair. He doesn't have an agenda. I knew Walter Cronkite at the end of his life. I was on his boat. He used to come to Martha's Vineyard. He's one of the people in Martha's Vineyard who actually liked me. And Walter Cronkite actually had strong political beliefs. He was very much to the left. 
you'd never know that watching television. And by the way, you'd never know what my political beliefs were if you had been my student for 50 years at Harvard. In 50 years at Harvard, teaching 10,000 students, I never once expressed a personal view in the classroom. Never once. My job was not to teach them what to think, but to teach them how to think. And the president of MIT the other day, who has no understanding of what academic freedom means, you know what she said in front of Congress? She said academic freedom means that any professor can say anything they want in the classroom. She's just dead wrong. Maybe they can say what they want outside the classroom, but if you're teaching math at MIT and you start ranting about how blacks are inferior or gays are immoral, you're going to get fired. There's no doubt about that. And you should get fired. Academic freedom does not allow you to take over a class where the students have to attend and where you're grading them and where they can't respond to you and allow a professor to use that monopoly to say whatever he wants. That's just not the fact. And if the president of MIT doesn't know it, how many other presidents of universities have no understanding of freedom of speech, the First Amendment, academic freedom, and hate speech? Hey, do you have any uh, predictions with the uh, upcoming elections, uh, Trump, uh, in terms of uh, his legal predicaments, thoughts? I mean, the the Trump case out of New York sounds bizarre, a little Orwellian and baseless to me. Also, the fact that the DA was running on a platform of elect me and then I'll go find something on Trump seems very un-American, but... I wrote a book entitled Get Trump, and I didn't invent the title. It was Letitia James's campaign promise. She promised to get Trump no matter what, regardless of the facts, regardless of the law. If she didn't succeed in getting Trump, she would not be reelected. But because New York is so heavily Democrat and so heavily anti-Trump, and D.C. is so heavily anti-Trump, and Fulton County County is so heavily anti-Trump, he will, my prediction, he will be convicted. And he may even be convicted in one or two of the cases before the election. Then the convictions will be reversed, but the reversals will come only after the election. And so it will be essentially election interference, because what we'll have on the day of the election is a convicted candidate who subsequently might be vindicated, but whose vindication wouldn't come until after he's occurred. By the way, never listen to predictions by lawyers on CNN. They have the worst group of lawyers who wouldn't pass the bar exam or wouldn't pass, uh, even with great inflation, wouldn't pass law school classes based on the predictions they make. They're always wrong. Why are they always wrong? Because they don't make predictions. They make wishful thinking. They see that what they want to happen will happen, and they've been wrong in almost every instance, and that's... What's so terrible about the media today, there's no distinction between personal views and, and, and reporting. The New York Times now puts its editorials, without calling them editorials, but they put editorials on, on page one. Let me give you an example. They had a page one article, the lead article, saying that um, Israel has killed more civilians than any country in modern history. And, and then right in the, about buried about halfway through the article... It said, well, we have no idea how many civilians were killed because even Hamas doesn't distinguish between its terrorists and its civilians. So if there are 15,000 total dead, 
assuming that's a fair number, which is probably is not. And half of them are Hamas fighters, or a third of them are Hamas fighters. And then others have been killed by rockets coming from Hamas or Islamic Jihad. And others are people who help put Hamas rockets in their houses or help build tunnels under the house. When we deduct all of that, how many actual innocent civilians are there? Well, every child obviously is an innocent civilian, but we don't know how many there are. Hamas lists children, children. Children are are 18 and a half years old who are carrying guns and throwing Molotov cocktails. The definition of a child uh, by Hamas is 19 or under, and yet they recruit children 13 and above. So the vast majority of children who have been killed probably are people between the ages of 13 and 19, uh, and there have been some below that as well. But the Times didn't bother to make those distinctions. They just had a general statement about civilians being killed, acknowledging that they don't know how many of them are civilians. Well, pardon the pun, but those are the times we're living in. What they do is they go, well, there's going to be a hostage exchange. Uh, Hamas is going to give up some women and children hostages, and Israel's going to give back some of their women and children hostages, which would lead any normal person who was reading the paper to think that Israel just takes random hostages like Hamas takes. They don't know that they're militants, that they try to stab people or throw Molotov cocktails. That's what the Times does. And I'm not sure what's in it for them. I get it. They got to sell soap, and maybe that's their audience. But it still seems weird to me to be a newspaper and be that inaccurate. Well, I think it's more than the selling soap when it comes to the Times. I think with the Times, it's the ideology. The kids that are marching today for Hamas are going to be in the editorial rooms and the news reports of the New York Times. They're going to be working for CNN. And so when you get lots of radical, woke, progressive, hard left kids uh, who are now in the process of taking over the media and soon will be in the process of taking over Congress, because after all, what happens to Harvard students and Yale students and MIT students when they get out? They run. They rule the world. They run our economy. They run the media. And so what's going on in universities today is predictive of what may be happening 10, 20, 30 years from now. That's why it's so dangerous. That's why I dropped everything on October 7th and, and decided I had to do nothing but write this book. And now I'm basically on a, on a tour trying to get people to read the book. All the proceeds go to charity. They all go to an organization called United Hatzalah, which is a first responder organization in Israel. They were the first people to get to the scene of the massacres. Their own people have been shot at. And uh, um, so I just want all the proceeds to go to good charities. Uh, and and I, I have saved money now because I'm no longer contributing to Harvard. <laughs> I'm no longer to Yale. I'm no longer contributing to Brooklyn College. I'm no longer contributing to Doctors Without Borders, no longer contributing to the Red Cross, no longer contributing to the U.N. I'm contributing only to organizations that are not part of this woke, progressive, anti-Semitic group. Doctors Without Borders are among the worst now. They have become the spokesperson for Hamas. They get on television, they lie, they give the Hamas line, they talk about only one side of the issue. They never ask for the hostages to be released. They never talk about the 1,200 people who were butchered or raped and the feminists 
What happened to the feminists? Uh, believe women. Oh, you don't believe women when they are Jewish women in Israel who claim they have been raped or claim they saw rape. Then you don't believe them. You only believe some women. You know, they showed their hand in that particular instance, the feminists. And there's uh, an example that I live in Los Angeles and the Democrats, it's it's Democrat majority. And they're always talking about the kids and the poor brown kids and the black kids and access to education, stuff like that. And then somebody says, how about school choice? And they're against it. And that, to me, is them showing their hand. They're much more beholden to the union and so forth than they are their own words, which is this is a priority education, young and black and brown kids. Well, here's something that would help young brown and black kids. We're against it and we vote against it. And I feel like they show their hand. And when the feminists say nothing about the atrocities that took place in Israel, they've showed me their hand as well. Right. Um, well, when I was. Yes. And the group of um, gays for Gaza, feminists for Gaza, transgenders for Gaza, to Gaza. Right. And it would be, they have to give them a one-way ticket. They would never <laughs> get out. Um, and the other organization that is despicable is Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. I support the concept of Black Lives Matter. But from day one, Black Lives Matter has said, what's happening to blacks in Detroit is the same thing that's happening to Palestinians in, in Gaza. And they have supported Hamas. And so they can't count on my support anymore. Look, I marched in the civil rights movement in the 1960s. I supported gay rights. I still do. I supported transgender rights. I supported feminism. But what have we gotten in return? Uh, Anti-Semitism and anti-Semitism from people who have benefited so much from the support of, of Jews. And, and what is the country in the Middle East that is most supportive of gay rights? Obviously, Israel. And yet you can't get uh, organizations, individual gay people support, individual black people support, individual feminists. But the organizations themselves tend to be a major source of anti-Semitism. Well, uh, something happened. It happened to the ACLU. It happened to PETA. It happened to the Sierra Club. They All these organizations, the same thing happened to college campuses. They just started going hard radical left. And I don't right. know why, but they did, and they started going in a direction where you used to support all these groups, or you thought it was a good idea, and now all of a sudden the Black Lives Matter Chicago chapter is showing uh, basically a terrorist in a in a kite, you know, sailing in with the uh, with the flag of Hamas behind them and, or Palestine behind them, and you're going, what? When did you? When did this happen? Now, Black, I'll tell you. yes when it happened. It happened when colleges started to create these multi-million dollar bureaucracies based on so-called diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, These bureaucracies have become incubators for anti-Semitism, and they're against all of the values. They're not in favor of diversity. They don't want diverse ideas. They're only in favor of diversity of skin color and ethnicity. Uh, Equity is the opposite of equality. It's now a microaggression To quote Martin Luther King, I dream of a time when my children will be judged not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Equity wants people to be judged by the color of their skin, by their identity politics. And inclusion excludes Jews. And so once you had this DEI 
bureaucracy built. And it started with the ACLU. I was on the national board of the ACLU when people qualified for the national board based on their individual commitment to civil liberties. Then they decided to introduce quotas. A certain number of people had to be black. A certain number of people had to be women. A certain number of people had to be gay. And then each of the people who were elected had to represent their constituency. But there was no constituency for civil liberties. And so the Civil Liberties Union failed to protect civil liberties. It protected black rights, women's rights, gay rights, transgender rights. But the rights of all Americans who don't belong to identity politics, no, there was no constituency. The same thing is true in universities today. There's nobody there to stand for principle. Everybody is part of a group. Today, when you go to college, you specialize in black studies or in women's studies or in gay studies. You don't specialize in learning. You don't specialize in learning how to think. And it becomes a zero-sum game. These ethnic groups are pitted against each other. And not surprisingly, the victims often are Jews, Catholics, uh, religious Christians, um, and, and white people in, in general. It's, a, it's a, a kind of reverse bigotry that has destroyed universities. And we saw that at play when these three you know, I call them the three, you know, monkeys, uh, hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil, the three college presidents, they represent what American universities stand for today. The wrong people in the wrong job at the wrong time. Well, for example, the president of yes. Harvard, before she was picked, she had already established her reputation as being woke anti-civil liberties. There was a great professor who uh, was in, in one of the colleges um, and he was very popular. Everybody loved him. But he represented for one month Harvey Weinstein. And Claudia Gay, who was then the dean, had him fired. She's going to say he wasn't fired. He just didn't have his contract renewed. But that's firing. Right. Um, and she becomes the president of the university after doing that. So the board of directors should have known what they were getting. They were not getting somebody who was committed to civil liberties and human rights. She was. They were getting somebody who was a woke progressive, who would listen to the claims of women in the House saying they were afraid, they were scared, they were frightened because there was a dean who actually defended somebody in court they didn't like. But she turns a blind eye to the Jewish students who say, we're really frightened because people are calling for our genocide. Well, it's a matter of context. Oh, it's... Well, may you live in interesting times, I think the adage goes, and boy, are we in it. The book is called War Against the Jews, How to End Hamas Barbarism, and also you should check out War on the Woke as well, because uh, Alan is, I don't know, uh, I find you fascinating, I, I admire your energy, I admire your stamina, 85 years young, still a flamethrower, still bringing it. Uh, I'll tell Mark Gergus uh, you said hi when we wrap it up here. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa to everybody. The great Alan Dershowitz. Thank you so much for joining us. All right. Let's see. Uh, you can go to uh, com. I'm going to be at Rancho Mirage. Agua Caliente Casino stand up this Saturday. Uh, second show added. First show sold out, but some for the second. Solana Beach coming up, belly up. That'll be with Fitz Dog and Skinny Jody Miller. That'll be January 7th. Two shows there. Always fun at that club. Go to amcrow.com for all the live shows. 
And I want to thank Chris D'Elia for bringing it in here today. ChrisD'Elia.com for a special and all the dates. And, of course, Alan Dershowitz for bringing it as well. Until next time, it's Adam Crow for Chris Max Better. Alan Dershowitz and Chris D'Elia say it. Mahala. You can leave us a voicemail at 888-634-1744. And you can get tickets to see the Ace Man at adamcarolla.com. Hold on to your jingle bells. Pluto TV has all your holiday favorites for free. Enjoy Christmas classics like Scrooge with Bill Murray or Last Holiday with Queen Latifah. Plus, dive into festive channels like holiday movie favorites by Lifetime or Hallmark Movies and more. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming holiday favorites on live channels and on demand. With thousands of free movies and TV shows, Pluto TV is your home for the holidays. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never. Hold on to your jingle bells. Pluto TV has all your holiday favorites for free. Enjoy our season's greetings category with nine holiday channels, including holiday movie favorites by Lifetime, Festive Fireplace, Holiday Lights, and Hallmark Movies and more. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming holiday favorites on live channels and on demand. With thousands of free movies and TV shows, Pluto TV is your home for the holidays. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never.